This is taken from the 10th round of the first fight, right? Good call. How'd you know that? I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo. Behind closed doors. That true? How'd you hear about that? Who won? It's kind of a secret. What'd you say your name was? Don. Okay, well, the girl said you wanted to talk about something? Yeah, I want to talk to you about training me. Training? <laughs> I don't do that stuff no more. Sorry about that. Listen, it's getting kind of late, kid, so I'm going to uh, close up. How good was he? Apollo? Yeah, he's great. He's a perfect fighter. Ain't nobody ever better. So how'd you beat him? Time beat him. Time, you know, takes everybody out. It's undefeated. Anyway, I got a lot. So when up. Mickey died, he came and talked to you, right? Talked you out of quitting. Took you to L.A. Trained you. Brought you back. How do you know all this? How do you think? Were you like a cousin? He's my father. and joining me as always Dave Bond and Chris Byrne. How are you guys doing? Good evening folks. I'm jolly good, thank you. Are we not very sad guys? Because today we're coming to the end of our Rocky series. I, it's always mixed feelings for me when we get to the end of things. I mean, I always get excited for what's coming next. So part of me wants to move on. Part of me, it, it's kind of mixed feelings because when I look at something like Star Trek, which finished well, finish with Beyond, actually, was which was pretty strong. But certainly the last few weeks weren't great. I was ready to be done with it. The fact that this series ends a bit stronger gives me mixed feelings. It's picking up again, and I'm really enjoying it. But it's time to finish. But, yeah, always, always go with, you know, wanting more. Leaving wanting more. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to uh, Batman. And so... I think what I think what what it is about Rocky is we, it's generally been a good series by and large. I mean, it's it's not been like Star Trek where you just hit like a streak of kind of boring, crappy ones. It's uh, it they've all been in their own way uh, good, if not enjoyable. So yeah, maybe I've not, not resen- a bad one. I've not resented or dreaded any of these episodes yeah. at all. Um, certainly, the three in the middle I do think are weaker. I'm willing to be argued with that because um, I think it depends what you want from a Rocky film. I mean, I I can totally understand why if you really love four, you may not even enjoy the first one very much, but they've all been reasonably enjoyable. Whereas I know that when we were getting to the arse end of the next generation films, I I was just wanting to be done. We were several weeks in and I wasn't enjoying them. 
But this has been a short series, but not as short as Superman, which seemed to be over in the blink of an eye. Yeah, that went really fast. So there seems to be, there feels to be like a little bit more meat here. Um, The standard's been good. I think, if I do say so myself, I think our shows have been pretty decent on these. Um, So it's a shame to move on, but at the same time, I always quite like completing a collection as well. That, you know, if people want to know what we think of the Rocky series, we'll have done it all by now, you know? Yeah. No, that's definitely, yeah, it's nice to kind of be a completist, isn't it? And I, I feel like for me, obviously, knowing about the series, but never having seen them, apart from Creed recently, I've started there and worked my way backwards. I kind of feel like I've, this is going to sound really sad, but I feel like I've ticked a life box now. You know, I've seen the Rocky movies and, yep, I've done that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> are, are there any other film series or anything that we could potentially do that, uh, you, ha- that you haven't yet I, I, think I, was, I think I was just about to say, are there any real big ones you haven't seen? All the Westerns. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You probably haven't seen all the Westerns. There are some Westerns I have seen, just not all of them. Um, admittedly, I, I haven't seen uh, much Hitchcock, so I'm, I'm looking forward oh, to getting to that. Now I'm looking forward to going back to it as well, because that that's probably like my first, apart from Bond, my first major sort of love within cinema. You are um, so, I mean, I like. there's plenty of Hitchcock I like, and there's plenty of Hitchcock... I'm a little bit more knowledgeable on, but when we get to that, you're very much the fan of the three of us. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to do a lot of reading to um, to reinforce my knowledge. Um, I don't know, I've got... I think we mentioned doing like Lethal Weapon somewhere along the line. I bought that box set and I've never seen <laughs> I don't know, I watched them. You haven't um, seen them. Yeah, that's what we're getting at. Are there any real big name yeah, series, self-contained, that you haven't seen? I think Lethal Weapon's a, pr- a, a pretty good example, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Um, Batman, I've seen all of them somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, at the cinema, I just try to... You know what? I can't think now. I haven't actually sat through Batman and Robin in its entirety. Oh, okay. So that that might be a, a fun episode. No, that'll be interesting. Make I, sure I you've seen... got a brandy and you unplug the phone. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it, it, it's a connoisseur's delight. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. I feel a commentary I, coming on. Ha, have a have a cigar as well while you. A big cigar. Uh, yeah. And then chill. Yeah. I still see you. Um, no, yeah, this 1960s Batman the movie I've not seen, so I'm looking forward to that one before we do the commentary on it. Um, I can't think now actually of the films that we're doing. There are some I'm sure I haven't seen, but my mind has gone blank. Okay. But I've seen the Rocky movie, so hurrah. Have you seen these now? What's been your overall um, thought on the, on the Rocky films? Have you have you enjoyed them by large as a first um, time yeah, viewer? Generally, generally I have. Um, yeah, obviously there have been kind of falls in quality and storytelling along the way, but I think all along the way they, they've been entertaining in, in their own right. Um, I think it started off strong, kind of dipped in the middle, and it's peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs is how I best describe it. And, and what's been your favourite, including the film we're, t- we're talking about tonight? Oh, that's tough. Um, I would still probably say the first one. I think I I would say, I think... I think it's fair to say that normally when the first film is that good, you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. You're setting yourself up for a series of, shit, why can't we have that again? I certainly feel a little bit that way about Superman, even though I enjoyed reviewing them all and talking about them all. I think it is a testament to this series that I never, as much as I might not love four and five, 
I wasn't in the middle of them thinking, shit, I wish I was watching the first one again. I, I was quite happy to accept the series as it came to me. Yeah, I suppose that's something. Uh, you're not sort of like they're going, oh my god. Well, I suppose it has kind of lost its way, but it's kind of like evolved over time. And it's kind of like, I think that's what most fans of the series, um, they, they have that. It kind of it, it kind of like, they, they, they've lived through them, they they found them at different stages of their life. You know, obviously, you know, uh, Rocky was early, it was like late 70s, wasn't it? So, and then you got all the guys. Well, it's a, it's a bit of a rhetorical question for me in that we're moving on to something else. So I don't necessarily expect people to write in or talk about it or anything like that. But just as a rhetorical question, I, I'm really curious to know if there is a big divide in Rocky fandom, i.e. do fans of the first cup first one really hate four and five and if you are like a big rocky three and four lover do you tend to feel pretty ambivalent about the first one i'm just interested because they almost feel like different film series i they, they do i think it's kind of almost like bond because you know from the people who that i know who really love the series like um my my friend from australia who uh i, I podcast with from time to time uh she's a huge sly fan so she loves anything uh and rocky's like one of her favorite it's probably her favorite series and uh and she loves them all i mean she if you ask her what her favorite rocky is she probably would say the first one but she she loves four like equally well maybe not equally but you know with a with a certain degree of passion uh Mm. should we say uh and you know and that goes throughout the entire series uh Maybe less so five. I don't know. I can't remember what 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 opinion of that now. But I think it's kind of along the lines of what I was saying. It's like, well, it's not as bad as people make out. But generally, I think it's like we like them all. We accept them all as they are. Um, with uh, with acknowledgement that the the first one's the best one. Probably along those lines. I I really uh, I I'm I'm ready to prove myself wrong over the next few years as we do this show and go through different filmographies. But off the top of my head, I can't think of a, a, a series of films that more mirrors where the, the creative mind behind it, not always the director as we know, but this is Sylvester Stallone's series and character. I can't think of a series that more mimics where, or more reflects where the actor's life was when, yeah. we, get to, when we get to each installment. And I, I, that's even true of various directors who are very autobiographical in what they do. They're, this series, you can, you know, you put it on and you just go, yeah, he's getting a bit big-headed here and his fame's gone a bit wild and, okay, he's coming back down to earth with a bit of a bang there. Right there, he's remembering what, what he's here doing this career for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating from that point of view. And so... I could hate for, and I still think it's kind of a worthwhile watch just to sort of just even if it was just for those sorts of things. I guess I guess because Sloane always puts always puts like himself into the role, so for better or worse, that kind of comes through on screen. So right. yeah, uh, there's a big chunk of him that does go into it, and there's always you know however much you know, if it's critically you know, it has a critical panning, for example, but there's still a lot of his heart in the film. Yeah. Definitely, and it's even more evident here as well. Well, with that, uh, Becca, tell us about tonight's film. 
As if you hadn't guessed, we are discussing Creed, starring, of course, with Stallone, Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Felicia Rashad, amazing, um, Tony Belli, the score by Ludwig Göransson, script by Ryan Coogler and Aaron Covington, directed by Ryan Coogler and released in 2015 or January 2016 for in the UK. What do we reckon to this maybe last piece in the Rocky puzzle, I guess? That doesn't make sense. I, I, this I, last I bout in the Rocky like, ring, there we are. I, I would actually kind of like to revisit that towards the end of the show, do, you yeah. know, whether we want to see another one. I we'll kind of do. Talk- I shall tease that now. Mm, we'll come back to it later. Mm, yeah, okay. Chris, what do you reckon, bud? Fucking loved it. <laughs> Good night, folks! <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Bye! No, it's 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 just really well done. Uh, I mean, obviously, Sly didn't uh, direct this one. Um, it was kind of I, I don't know who came up for. It. I know he um, was working on on a potential script of the idea for this. I don't know. I don't know what the ins and outs of how it developed. Um, but it 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 takes enough from the original series and gives it a new look of paint with a new modern spin, a uh, new character. Um, and and just just runs with it. it. It gives you what you want and expect from a from a Rocky film, but does it does enough new and do, and does it really well. Uh, and that goes for the direction, the music, the acting. Um, and it, it it just it is just a really good film. Um, I, I, it's it's one of those films that I would say it's, it's a a good mark and a testament where you tune in halfway through on telly and regardless of what time of day it is, late at night, whatever, you you know you're going to end up like, I'm going to have to finish this. I have to stay up and watch the rest of this because it's that good. Um, That's how I think that it's it's that kind of film to me. Uh, So in a a nutshell, generally, um, this is probably, is definitely one of the, the best ones. I'm not sure if it's, it beats the original, but uh, where I am now, uh, it, I probably would rather watch this one over the first one at the moment. But I wouldn't like to say it's it's the better film, though. If that because makes there's sense. There's other factors there. Yeah, and, and plus, how many times yeah. have you seen the original? And, yeah, and, so. and, and plus, I've literally just you know, it's I've I've I've, I've seen this uh, more recently as well, so it's more fresher in the mind. Yeah, you know, I guess there would be that to it. Um, I mean, from my perspective, I, I I wouldn't say I took against this film. That's not true at all. I still thought it was one of the better films in the series. Um, but I, I, I'd like to support cinema. I like to see things for the first time in cinema. Um, and I only I try really only to download things that I'll either never see or I'll definitely pay for anyway. And you might well say that's still morally not right or whatever, and I'm quite happy to put my hands up on it. But the fact is, a Rocky film I would always want to see in the cinema for the first time. But we got to about a week or two from its release, and its release being November 2015. It was still listed on my local cinema chain's um, site for then. I'd even like stuck it in like my calendar and said, right, we're to a friend of mine, right, we're seeing Creed that night, yeah? So it was already arranged, and then all of a sudden, with what feels like days to go, and I might have misremembered that, it was moved to February or late January. I think it was February, but one of the two anyway, it's 2016. I think it was January. I think it was like, you've got, I think it's, it's January normally 15. January, but, it, 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 but anyway, the point is, 
I got really pissed off and got someone offered me a download almost by coincidence and I missed a certain section of this film in watching that download and we'll get to it when we get to it um, but it, it really hurt how the film played also I, I, I don't think the score I, I mean I've got mixed feelings on some of it because I'm glad the score's different this is meant to be Creed not Rocky and also even I was getting sick of the, the final bell goes and we hear the same fucking music yet mm. again as much as I love the Conti stuff, if you're going to do something new, do something new. But what it doesn't have to me is is the heart of the first one. And I think that might just be my attachment to Rocky, if I'm honest, in that I was always far more interested when he was on the screen. With that being said, it does something different. You're absolutely right, Chris. You know, it goes a step further than even the last film in using HBO graphics you know, showing us where people are in the pound for pound rankings and maybe we can come back to what that means later. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I have been asked by people before what does pound for pound mean? Um, and we'll come back to that a bit later on. Um, and I do think that they at least try to give the film an identity of its own. We don't see Rocky immediately. We don't even see Philadelphia immediately. We have several scenes without him in. That's not normal. The films are normally all about Rocky. And we are given thematic with weight with what's come before. I have some problems with that because I'm not convinced Creed has, has been quite told to us as quite the great he actually is in this universe. My final thought on it is um, when the Academy Awards nominations for the year were announced, Sylvester Stallone was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, uh, as was Mark Ruffalo and the eventual winner, who was Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies. Of those, of all the nominees, and I can't remember the other two, I just remember thinking after I'd seen certainly those three, and I think I'd seen them all, that I really hope it's Sly or Mark Ruffalo, because I, I thought those were the two outstanding performances. Turned out to be neither of them. Watching this again, and we can talk about it as we go through scene to scene, um, I am now completely sure Chris Sylvester Stallone should have been awarded it for this film. Not as a golden watch, but on merit as a fantastic performance. And I think he's a large part of what makes this film work. So yeah, on balance, it's absolutely terrific. What about you, Becca? Yeah, as I kind of said previously, um, I was you know, a complete newcomer to the series, even though I know its impact upon popular culture and and where Rocky's character is placed, you know, within the great pantheon of, of leading titular characters. Um, I kind of saw Creed first, so I kind of went backwards into into it, as it were. Um, but, you know, it's very, it very interesting. Obviously, there's a lot of parallels to be drawn between this and the first film, as regards to, you know, having a father figure and, and things like that. Um, and coming from more kind of like rags to riches kind of story as well. Um, but having seen, one, having seen this one and then knowing more about, you know, the Apollo Creed storyline, um, and now I've gone back and rewatched this film. Um, I can appreciate more of the emotional weight behind it um, and why, like, for example, um, Adonis was so keen to share his kind of name and make it on his own, for example. Um, but if I was to, well, I was going to say if I was to rank the films, but I, I don't think I will, but I'll just say um, I mean, the first one for me really stands out just in terms of its look and its feel and you know, how it was shot um, and in terms of the, the story that it tells um, and the characters that it portrays um, I would probably put, place Creed perhaps second 
a very close second behind you know behind the number one um but i yeah i sort of really enjoyed it as a lot of heart behind it um it's really interesting characters perhaps some maybe aren't as well-rounded but generally i mean yeah as you know as you said we don't see um rocky in, until you know a good chunk into the film which again is very different but i think as i'll kind of mention maybe towards the end of the show there's i think we're now at an intersection between the two stories and i think it's interesting to see if anything where it will go from here but no, I, I really enjoyed it and um, yeah excellent film and uh, yeah rocky was robbed basically well sly was robbed sly was robbed even yeah. like, you have to excuse me sorry i had a bit of a I'm a bit of hay fever at the moment, so I'm a bit everywhere. So okay. Excuse me, fever. To be honest, yeah. I do normally like try to edit sniffles out, but yeah. it, it's that time of year, folks. I'll, you know, it will be there. It's quite hot here in England today, so which is uh, we, we can't cope stand. with all this heat, you know. Yeah, we can't stand it. It's at least you know sixty something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Can't it's cope. I was very interested in your opinion on this, Becca, as someone who watched it first, mm. and. As typical Becca Andrew response, then apologised for watching it, which was just like, it's your film, watch it if you want. But you were committed to watching it in order, and then you just cracked from people talking about Creed. Yeah, and I thought, oh, I must see it, I must see it. That raises a very interesting question that I think you've answered, actually, that how different an experience is it when you watch it before and then after having seen the rest? I tend to think a lot of my love for this... I think they do a good job with the Donis in general. Yeah. And I think Michael B. Jordan does a very good job. But I also think that a lot of my love for this film is residual care for the character of Rocky and where they take him in this film. So I'm really... I can never know. I can speculate, guess, make intelligent... You know, you know, take an intelligent guess at it. Mm-hmm. But I will never know how this film plays when you've not seen anything else. No, that's it. Yeah, it must. I mean, the yeah, the only way I can describe it is yeah, I can appreciate more, as I say, the emotional story behind it. Um, perhaps I'm trying to think of a way to say it within the parlance within the film. Maybe perhaps some of the punches didn't hit as hard watching it, you know, blind, for example, yeah. on the on the you know, in the first watch. Um, but then knowing all those references, you know, sort of characters I, I like sort of like. Point. I'd be very interested to get your view on Becca and it's really kind of only just occurred to me that most films where they're low budget and then later on the money starts being spent when you go back and watch the original it kind of looks a bit cheap and nasty Um, and even where it that doesn't always affect it I mean the Terminator is a much cheaper film than Terminator 2 and I still prefer it but I I do think that this is a, a strange example of a series where the lack of budget almost helps the first film yeah, it almost improves it doesn't it well it, uh, sometimes when, you, when you've got a look, look yeah can't speak when you have a lack of budget um you have to be creative don't you and i think i, I do mean that becca because yeah. i mean i do mean the ice rink and stuff like that but yes. what i actually mean is that it almost mimics the hunger of the creative mind behind it that they just got to get this film made and i don't care if you only give me fucking 200 dollars to make it i'll find a way <laughs> Whereas this film can't possibly compete with that in that it's going to feel like product by comparison. Of course it is. No, that's it. But no, I, I, I still think that, you know, given the, the difference in budgets, um, Creed, you know, still retains the tone, the heart, the character of those early Rocky films. For me, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Dave's right. I think it has largely... Oh, yeah, no, down- I, I think her for sure. No, I think it's largely down to, like... Um, 
the presence of Stallone. Um, I think if if he wasn't in this, there they would be a huge element of what really works about it. Or if there it. was just generic ex-champion who's getting ill or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I think even with that, I think I say Sloan is that good in it. Let's just say if he wasn't playing, if it wasn't Rocky, let's let's just let's just say it, it it's not Rocky. Sloan's playing in like uh, he's playing his character from Grudge Match. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Grudge Match Two. Um, Grudge Match Two. The Operation Miami. <laughs> um, uh, it's it it would still like work well enough. I think his, his performance is that good, but it, it it enhances it just a little bit. The fact that it's Rocky and you follow through the rest of the story and it, everything means a little bit more because you've got that added history to it. Um, so are we are we saying in in sort of summary to that bit then that yes, it stands alone. It stands alone very very well, but it it can't ever be in first place because it almost requires the first Rocky film. And even some of the rest of the series to really elevate it to greatness. Without that, it's just a very good film. Well, I, th- I think in terms, in its own terms. I mean, the problem is when you, when you, when you're do when a film is continuing on from another from a story. In other words, if it's like another sequel, you know, it falls back on what's been gone before, unless it's. Uh, something a little bit more episodic, like, like maybe like like some of the James Bond films are. I say some because. Some do require, uh, have um, investment in previous films. Um, then you, that might be okay, but generally speaking, they it, it does rely on what's gone on before. I think even Guardians of the Galaxy is like another example. I mean that that film works better when you consider it with the last film in in terms of like the relationship with characters. So. But you could go in and pick it up. I mean, some yeah, of the yeah. Fast series is a bit like... I remember a, a friend of mine, and I've mentioned him before, because he's, boy! But he's also, um, <laughs> he, he's also uh, you know, when, when I'm not going by myself, when I go to the cinema, it's normally him. And he, he said to me, and I've talked about this back in the Star Trek series when we were talking to Charlie, because I remember Charlie being on the show. Um, I said about being effectively forced to go and see Fast 6. Now, I don't need to be forced now. I quite enjoy the Faust series. But at the time, I was really like, oh, that just sounds like a load of fucking high-octane bullshit. But That's what um, they are. Well, yeah, but that's not necessarily a problem now. But all <laughs> I'm it. saying is, all I'm saying is, I was like, it's the sixth film. Surely I'm going to struggle with this because they don't do films that completely stand alone anymore. I've seen the others. Um, and I just remember having a conversation on Twitter. And I think I asked the guy from Empire, Chris... Hewitt, is he called? Yeah. Yep. Chris, yeah. Uh, I just said, he said something about Fast Six, and I went back saying, Look, I've never seen one. I'm like, can I go and see this, do you think? And he said, I don't think you'd have a problem. No. Now, I didn't in terms of the plot itself, but possibly I would have understood a little bit more what if I'd seen what had happened to Letty. Plot, what plot? Uh, and understand where, like, Brian and Vin Diesel's stuff comes from, and they yeah. go into... When he goes into prison and he punches someone in the nose, and that's clearly a running joke from a previous film. So I was able to enjoy it on its own terms. And as much as you can laugh about the mall plot, you know, it's all about Petra. No, it ain't. There is a plot in every fast film. There is. It's about and they, they do follow on from each other um, to some degree. Uh, the same is true here. I think you can watch Creed. I don't think you get the most out of it without knowing the Rocky series to some degree. But things that most people know, even if you haven't seen Rocky, most people like 
on a broad term know, know about Rocky. I think broad terms might be enough, Chris, don't you? Yeah. Because uh, this film will tell you he's widowed. He's a former legend. He's on hard times. I think, but you do need to have some understanding of what type of guy he is. Yeah. I think it helps. And, and also, I think Sly, because um, we talk about, like, say, Roger Moore uh, last time around, and he, and he had big screen presence. Sly has big screen presence. So when someone like him comes on screen and you know he is that cap that that um infamous character even if you haven't seen it it still has weight to it I think uh and I can't speak for people who haven't you've maybe watched this like like I don't know, maybe Becca Cooks who've not seen Rocky but I think that's that still plays something to it that there is like you still feel the history, even though you not actually know it yourself, but you kind of, like, acknowledge that there's something there that adds to okay, it. Well, on that basis, then, can I ask, like, one last question of, sort of, Becca before we go through it God. sequentially? What is this, question mark? Question time? Well, <laughs> I'm asking you questions, and it's the time in which I'm doing it, so yes. Um, no, I don't mind right. asking away, it's fine. Okay, then, as, as somebody who hadn't seen this series before, but was a little bit aware of Rambo, Demolition Man, a lot of his action stuff, The Expendables, whatever, How? what do you now think, having seen this series, of Sylvester Stallone, both as an actor and as a, a screen presence, a film star? Oh, so I made some jokes at the beginning of the series that how I... This is partly me being very dim. Um, actually, it's all me being very dim. Um, I struggled to understand him just because of the way he speaks. And you had subtitles on the first one, didn't uh, you? No, I did. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I generally struggle with accents generally. Um, but no, no, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't sort of belittle him. Um, I do, you know, I've seen Rambo and I've seen all the other action movies that he's done. Um, but knowing that, you know, he's sort of written and directed the bulk of these films, um, you know, I wasn't just trying to like put him down or berate him or you know saying just because he plays a character like this doesn't mean you know he's actually quite dumb in real life but no, he is stereotyped as muscles and steroids unfortunately he is but no he's he's a very intelligent man and he's doing these for a reason and he knows what he's doing um and you know he's, he's got this sort of the creative directorial now to you know to be able to do it now i highly rate him for sure um he's you know very switched on um and i'm just you know glad to be doing these films really but no i do rate him quite highly like as a you know an actor and also behind the camera Cool. With that, shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Sure, why not? Let's crack let's into it. it. Now, this is a quite an unusual start to a... Well, let's just accept it's part of the Rocky series, so we'll refer to it as a Rocky film, even though... Even though it doesn't open qu- with the words... Well, no, it's, yeah, but it's quite clearly trying to stake an identity separate from the Rocky films. Mm. But it, it falls in sequence with the Rocky films, so I, I appreciate to anyone listening... What I'm about to say isn't technically true because it's not a Rocky film, but what I'm about to say is. <gasps> this is the most unusual um, opening we've had to a Rocky film, isn't it? Yeah. It is, definitely. This is why I think we're at a divergence, but we'll, more on that later. Well, uh, for, well, it is in the sense that uh, we it doesn't open with um, a montage. It, it, it doesn't say, no, it doesn't go montage and it doesn't go greed in big letters. Yeah, but not <laughs> only that, it, it, we don't normally start in a different time entirely. No, or in a different location. We didn't start Rocky Four with like here's Rocky on the beach when he was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. No, or, or even the first Rocky for that instance. It was just you know straight. Up. I mean, like it. it I mean, it, it starts off in um in nineteen ninety eight, doesn't it? 
That's right, yeah. Uh, in a in a boys' penitentiary prison or, or juvenile... It's definitely some kind of incarceration, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's what the kids call juvie. Um, yeah. Whatever that is. Um, Young Offenders Institute. Yeah, let's go It's with that. short for Juventus. <laughs> um, and it's Juvenile where young kids go to learn football. <laughs> and That's a good idea. Uh, yeah, there's there's basically you can tell it's regimented. They're sort of trying to line up against the hall and all the rest of it, and suddenly it goes into lockdown because there's a massive fight going on. Yeah, and at the centre of it is a young boy. And it's almost done uh, in this... one shot as well. It, it does quite a lot of those like long sort of like sweeping shots where it kind of follows characters. I never thought about that. You're actually right. It is. It, it, it goes it's... right the way down the hall and yeah. around the corner to him. And it goes down the stairs, and you see him, and you see the the kids fighting, and then, then it cuts away. Yeah, but. Um, That's very cleverly done, I think. It is. Um, we'll see a lot so, of that later on during the fight sequences. So we got two young boys fighting. They appear to be, you know, about twelve, something like that. Um, that is backed up by the film in the end because it's ninety-eight, and we think young Adonis was born in about eighty-six. And then the next thing, he is basically in. Uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be, but it's kind of solitary confinement, isn't it? Yeah, but he's basically in a kind of like cell slash waiting room, whatever it is. Um, and she has a visit from um, Marianne. Is that? That's the character's name. We yeah. last saw her in Rocky Four. Um, now you wouldn't recognise her here because obviously it's a recast. Felicia Rashad is still probably best known for the Cosby Show. Is that fair to say? Yep. Yeah. Well, certainly um, the side of the pond. Yeah, I don't know about anywhere else. I would assume that's correct because it was like the biggest sitcom in the world at one point. No, that's it. And that's um, probably yeah, her most famous role. What, whatever happened She's to his star? Uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah, whatever happened to no, him? No, it went a bit wobbly for him, didn't it? Well, it went wobbly for some people around him. <laughs> uh, I don't know about for him. Uh, he's now on trial for sexual assault, Chris. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. With hilarious consequences. <laughs> Hilarity ensued. Hilarity ensued, but not for Cosby. Um, I'm always. I look forward to that episode then. <laughs> I've always got. I, I never know how to pitch the Tony because part of me wants to fucking laugh at him, but on the other hand, we are talking about a series of since of very serious rapes and sexual assaults. Let's just move on, shall we? Uh, so we will move on from okay. there. But his co-star in the Cosby Show has been recast in this effectively as uh, Apollo Creed's widow. And the fact that it's a recast is, is is great for two reasons. Firstly, it's a better actress than we got in the earlier films. So not that they sh- they were given much to, to no, show. No, I'll, I'll say we didn't, really see, we didn't really see much of... But we know Felicia Rashad can, can, can command a screen and yes. can deliver lines very, very well. Yep. Because I know it was a sitcom, but she, did, she was very good in it. Um, but it also helps because we don't immediately know who she is. Now, we've gone to see a film called Creed, so we can probably infer all of it from both that and the synopsis of the film. But if you don't know or you're just looking at the film on its own merits, we've just got a boy and a lady. It isn't she looks like the person who was married to Apollo Creed. So it works really well. Um, And it raises a lot of questions for me that we never actually answer. But it's if you put yourself in her position... It's got to be really tough, this, hasn't it? Yeah, it's very awkward. If you think about the circumstances of this happening, just to explain to those of you listening along and maybe haven't seen the film, this this is basically the illegitimate son 
of Apollo Creed. So he fathered, he fathered this child with another woman just before he died. So when he died, that woman was pregnant. We don't know how far along, but we are told it was before he died before Adonis was born. So basically the, the wife who was cheated on is going in to check on the progress of like the progeny of that. And I think that's a wonderful character beat. Because um, he's, he's basically without any family now because the, the mother's now passed away. Yeah, we're not given any details on that yeah. but she's passed away, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think she's really... Uh, it's a really good good scene, really strong scene. Uh, one of the things I didn't notice is um, she kind of like... Uh, Stops the um, what what do you call it the social worker or whoever the lady is who's introducing them. Yes. Uh, she kind of like st- stops and sort of like before she introduces and starts asking questions and she and Donnie's thinking you know, he like she herself is a social worker and he's like no I'm not a social worker and it's very kind of you can you can see the the whirlwind of emotions that goes on in her face you can kind of see like where she is she has moments of like a bit of anger. Pride, you know, she still has like respect for Apollo, um, in in some regards. But there's like, well, a... it's that it, it, it is that um, it is that desire to both defend and condemn at the same time. Yeah, I didn't have a father. Well, you could almost not blame her if she went. Yeah, well, it, you know, he fucked around, insisted on fighting when I didn't want him to, and I'm sorry, you've been abandoned in exactly the same fucking way I was. But it actually comes across as, no, you need to be proud. You need to be proud of this guy. He's your father, and he was a great man. That's the subtext to all of this. And it, and it, it does. It's all in her face. I think it's yeah. very, very good. I think, yeah, I think if you could say, like, she sort of said that because that's what he needs to hear as well. More, more than yes. But what I'm saying, I've never yeah. been in this position, and I don't have any children full stop. But I cannot imagine that it would be easy to raise the child of someone with whom the person of your uh, the child of someone with whom the yeah. person you love cheated on you, and you never get the impression that she ever gave him even a moment's grief off over it. She loved him like her own. Yeah, and it it, it just speaks volumes about that character. Um, and given the fact that the entire series so far hasn't done anything much for. Her. Yeah. No, they it, it, just, it takes one. She was just the woman at ringside, yeah. wasn't she? And it, yeah, and he got like the opening scene that just sort of like just gives you that whole side. You know, just tells you like a heck of a lot more about that character, uh, which just shows how how well thought out and written this film is. But it's a really fascinating. In, 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 uh, he basically it's a fascinating opening scene. He admits, or he admits, he says that he doesn't have a father. She says. No, your father was my husband, and he's uh, basically well. Who was he then? And then we get the creed. Yes. Uh, sort of. The title, really. Not, well, it's a title. I was about to say scroll, but it doesn't scroll across, does it? It just come. It just fades in. Yeah. Um, and we come out of that to him as an adult. Yeah, and he's in Mexico somewhere, um, and he's sort of just get, gearing up for. Uh, an illegal boxing match because he's obviously he's uh he's obviously he's not a professional he he but he somehow 
really wants to again so many stories in this that he so much you can read into this because he is the son of Apollo Creed that's that's got to be as worthwhile as an Olympic gold medal yeah in that you'll get an immediate bump forward in who will sign you on who you can fight what sort of trainers you can get so he could have a very good start to his career where it goes would then depend on him but he doesn't so there's what's that about is that resentment to his father this is rhetorical by the way because we find out as the film goes on but at this point it's like okay why is he fighting sort of under the wire is this about mary jane or what's she called mary marianne Marianne. Is it about Marianne? Is it about her? Or is it about... What is it about? Is he embarrassed he's fighting? Does he not want people to know because his father died? We don't, it, more money? It, immediately, we it immediately raises a lot of questions. I, I, yeah, I think the, the, the thing with this is... Um, and it, it's difficult to kind of handle because the character is kind of like conflicted and confused about it himself. You know, on the one hand he is... Yes, he is. Tra- he's running in his father's footsteps, but at the same time, he doesn't want to use his name because he wants to make it on on his on his own ground. And the one thing that he he really wants is a father figure. And I think the answer's a bit of all of that, though, yeah. isn't it? It's partly yeah, that, but it is partly Marianne, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, again, we may be overreading this, but that's a that's a character beat for Adonis. That he cares about her. He's grateful for being looked after. He doesn't want to hurt her. Part of this isn't just he's worried he's going to get told off. He doesn't want to hurt her. Yeah. She watched her husband die right in front of her. Yeah, I, I suppose that would be. I mean, I, I, I guess he must have just got a taste for 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 boxing. I mean, we, we do get like a few lines where he sort of says, "Like I've always been fighting," so he's always it's needs implied to... he's born to it. Yeah, so he just, he just for whatever reasoning, like whether it's, it's part of him. Well, whether it's for Apollo or not, or maybe just the circumstances of his of his early development. He, you know, he's always had the instinct to fight. He always wanted to. He always. I've always inferred it's basically in his blood. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose the film would 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 probably want to work with that. I don't um, know that I like that, but I think that's what the film's telling yeah. us. And I think Becky, you tend to agree. Yeah, definitely. I would say it's it's kind of as implied, isn't it? So. Um, yeah. Also, in, you know, in terms of you going back to like the original Rocky story as well, doing a kind of you know sort of really fights in kind of like a very small scale, sort of like a grubby kind of ring. You kind of it's got that whole kind of look to it. Um, but different. But yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, yeah. Different. Obviously, being obviously on the other side of the border. Yeah. But so it's the same, but different. If that makes sense. Mm. But from a different, yeah, the same sort of thing, but from a different perspective. Great visual storytelling in this because the next scene we he's obviously gifted, he knocks the guy out quite quickly. We know he's fifteen and oh now after that. And the very next scene we see he's at an office. He's at a desk in an office, a white collar job. Yeah. Don't yeah, think somebody we were expecting that, were we? No. Just, just I sound a bit bad in sort of saying that, but yeah, no, it's just kind of like, Oh, okay, yep. That's fine, you know. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he kind of looks uncomfortable, though. I mean, that's the thing. He, you know, he, he, he looks fine like, as a suit, and he obviously he's not, like, been held back in any way. Uh, he's, But he kind of feels like, no, this isn't for me. He hands, it, he hands his uh, notice in kind of, like, shubbishly. 
and they get right on the back of a promotion. Yeah, and his, yeah, bo- and, his and boss is like gobsmacked. Just to say like what? Yeah. Do we think that has anything to do with it? You know that it's almost like no, this is getting serious now. In that, if I take this promotion, I'm getting kind of institutionalised. It'll here. be in too deep. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, there's also the element of the fact that he's getting older as well, so time's ticking on, and it's just, it's just time's kind of... really ticking on because he's he's 28, 29. Yeah. And the timeline of the film, yeah. So there there be that size to it as well. So it's like, oh, I've got to do it now or now or never. So in his mind, he says that right, I've got to make a go of going professional. Um, so yeah, he quits his job and he goes back home. And he doesn't tell his mum straight away that he's quit. Um, um, Chris, you, you, um, uh, it's no secret to anyone who's heard the Roger Moore show we put out last night. We've recorded this once. Um, and we, we, But we've left several days, so we've deliberately forgotten what we said before. And I am taken to this point that we haven't said much of the same stuff. But Chris did say that last time, and I didn't interrupt. That I'm not disagreeing with you, Chris, but what does he say? I can't remember. I get the two scenes mixed up. Well, he, I, I, I always got the impression that when he, he, he was, he went in to tell her, but he just didn't find that right time. What does he, he tell her? I, I think, I think he just got. I think, I, I can't. I think he just gets distracted. Like, oh, uh, all that there's like, oh, there's food and and and, and whatever, and then he starts like just watching the uh, his old old boxing match. Well, not his old boxing match, but yeah. the I Apollo love the decision Rocky to have them watching it on a film reel. Yeah, because he could have stuck in a, like a converted DVD or Blu-ray or something. Yeah, especially but he that doesn't. He watches it on like a projector. Well, which is a lovely callback to the first, well, the second film actually. Well, it's yeah, I think it also gives the the style of like of like the reflection of his shadow going on the screen while he's kind of boxing his dad essentially. I agree, but there's a diff, there's a definite choice here, isn't there? Directory. Yeah. I mean, it's probably down, down to the visual, it wouldn't have that impact, but uh, also a little nice little throwback also when you have, like, when you when you put something on a projector, it has a more nostalgic value to it. Yeah, and we're looking back, yeah. I think really also there, there's a big thing with, like, film in fights. Yes. In the, like, film Fights, Inc., which was owned by Jimmy Jacobs and Bill Caton, I believe. They had the largest film, fight film library in the world, and they were all in that kind of format. There's a big thing about projecting old fights. So, yeah, it, 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 it tells me the director knows what he wants to do artistically, and it also tells me what he wants to do from a character perspective. But on top of all of that, it tells me he knows a bit of fight history. What, it might just be walking, watching Rocky too, but he knows that these projected fight films are a thing. Which uh, which fight uh, was it? Was it the fight in Rocky One or Two? Um, what that we saw projected like yeah. that. Um, you've got Mickey uh, talking to Rocky when they're watching film of the first fight in Rocky Two, and that's where he says to him, "You need to fight orthodox next time." Um, you've got Guts going back in there with him, kid. Yeah. So it's in the second film. They watch. They watch effectively a projection of the first fight. Okay, so you think is is the the first film he's watching? Well, funny enough, again when we when we did this the first time and we were chatting, I did look up in a totally different context because uh, this show's unfolding quite differently. But I looked up Ryan Coogler that then, and his father used to make him watch Rocky Two quite yeah. a lot. And I think, well, actually, the only other film we've seen that in is Rocky Two. What a surprise! Yeah. So I think that's where he's picked it up from. 
So, yeah, so again, I think it's a very good, um, interesting visual. Uh, you know, obviously Adonis is fighting his father. Um, wants, wants to step in Rocky, Rocky's shadow, essentially. So, uh, he next day he goes to his dad's old gym and has to be trained. Uh, yeah, now the key thing there that, that gets missed... Oh, sorry, no, that's not true. Let me put it another way. It's a key thing that I missed the first time round. I only saw it the second time I watched the film. The kid, uh, the, the trainer here is a guy who played Avon Barksdale in The Wire. And I cannot remember the actor's name. I could look it up, but I'm too lazy. Um, now, he is the son of Tony. Duke Evers from the first film, or from all the other films actually, Apollo and Boyd then... Harris, there you are. That's the one. Right, okay. I'm trying to think what else I've seen him in. I've seen something in something else in the last three or four years. But anyway, he's he's best known for the wire. He was basically the head of the sort of um uh you know drug gang in the first series and thereafter. That's probably one I mean, thing another thing that I've never seen. Um <laughs> ten years we'll behind. About that another, we'll talk about that another time because I actually think it's periodically sublime but a little bit overrated mm. but anyway um he is the son of duke and he is he's refusing to change train a game young man why it's another thing well it helps if you've seen the previous episodes his own father was the trainer of apollo creed and was in the ring or in the corner when is when apollo died we can also take it as read that Avon is older than um, Adonis, which means that as a kid, as a kid, he probably remembers it himself. So it, it, it there's a little bit of character beat there that it tells you what a close knit community they were. It tells you that their word is kind of their bond, but it also tells you that they have decided, as a family and community, that Adonis will not be put in the line of harm. Have I overread that, or is that the way you read it? No, I mean, I I'd never read it as much as that. But then that's not to say that you're not wrong. I, I you know, it, the, the the film doesn't give you that much to kind of really know, and the fact that he just doesn't want to want to bother with him. Um, right. he, I mean, maybe maybe that's a little bit harsh. You do get the sense. Does it of, come off to you as he just can't be bothered? No, because it always came off to me that, like, for reasons of honour and promise, he won't. Not quite like, oh, I can't be bothered. Just that he just doesn't think he should, and he's like, look, I'm not sure. You, you, you know, you're like almost like you're too old now, or you're kind of maybe he sees too much of a hot head in him that he just thinks he's no, trying to you, sort of protect him. I you're think you're just wrong. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you know. Dave could be absolutely right, and I do like that idea as well. You know, he's like he, he he's he's not overtly nasty or anything. He's just a bit kind of no way. He's Jose. direct. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no maliciousness in it. I don't think. No, uh, but you know, Donnie doesn't have any of it, and he says, "All right, I'll pick any any guy. I'll I'll take him on just to kind of prove you wrong." And uh, yeah, he, well, he easily sort of knocks out one one of the guys, but uh, unlucky enough. The, um, and he's and he's a decent fighter. We are. Yeah. They, the the graphic style of this film, of, of te- they do. When we first see a fighter, it tends to freeze frame and then show us if they have any titles, where they're ranked by the Ring magazine in terms of pound for pound, 
um, or where they're ranked by, you know, the WBC or one of the bodies or whatever. This series is quite happy now to accept that there are multiple versions of world titles in each um, weight division, but we are left under no illusion that this guy is just some pug. This yeah. is this is a very very high quality boxer. Uh, yeah. Knocks out. Uh, yeah, it, uh, I've forgotten what his qualifications was, but yeah, he just easily just sort of like knocks out without any headgear. Uh, and then, luckily enough for him, um, the world number the two what... best fighter <laughs> in the world. Second best fighter in pound the world. Pound for pound, yeah. yeah. Um, and who, who is, I believe, uh, he's another boxer himself, isn't he? Um, Andre... I'm not sure. I would need to look that up. Uh, I'm not sure. Is but it? but he's called Danny Stuntman Wheeler in the film. All right, let me just look him up. And yes, he is a uh, Andre Ward. Yeah, he's, he's a professional boxer. Oh, Andre Ward. Oh, I've seen Andre Ward fight. He was one of the very best in the world. Yeah, no, Andre Ward's a great fighter. Yeah, well, that's him. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know why I couldn't place him, but yeah, Andre Ward is great. Yeah, uh, did he have an Olympic background as well? I can't remember, but I do remember him being, you know, when he first came to prominence and won titles and all that kind of shit. And I do remember there was a period where he was sort of considered one of the best there was around at any weight. Uh, I'm a little bit out of the loop of boxing now, so I, I can't really honestly remember. But, I mean, he's still unbeaten. The, the guy is like, you know, 33 now and he's still unbeaten. Oh, that's pretty good going. Um, and he's considered, it does say here... As of May 2017, considered the best boxer in the world, pound for pound, by the Ring magazine. Now, that's basically Floyd Mayweather has resigned and Manny Pacquiao isn't quite what he was. But, yeah, he has long been one of the best around. He's actually now a light heavyweight. I'm pretty sure when I first saw him, he was lighter than that. Actually, I'm looking back, he was a super middleweight, so he was only one weight behind behind that. But I do remember him watching. I do remember him watching him fight um, a few of the better guys from that era. So arguably, is he, is he actually better than the uh, the boxer who he ultimately yes. fights? Not arguably, he is. Okay. So okay, that's that's interesting. So like, so so the fight, so the fighter who is like um, pound pound the best, the, pound, the best for pound fighter in the world in is, Creed. A, is a is a pretty decent champion level pro. But no, actually, is, is, the number is, two is, in the world was Andre Ward, which I never picked up. But no, Andre Ward's uh, one of a great, really a great fire. Okay, um, <laughs> and yeah, he basically just kicks Donny's ass as soon as he gets in the ring, quite quickly as well. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and takes his car was a bit unnecessary. I know he was throwing that on the on the on the line, but um, it was a bit came out of nowhere. If I was on what? the but either the verge of a world title or I probably was a world champion in in the. I've got far enough to be ranked the number two in the world. Don't know that I would need his car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get, probably have quite I mean, a bit he's trying to prove himself cars. too much, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I just think he's just been. I mean, I was. I think we're supposed to sort of like believe that I he's going to be. A little, I think they just want to humiliate him, Chris. Yeah, I th- and it, it's not to be bastards. It's to really put him off. Now, I'm not saying Andre Ward's character would know any of that. He's just turned up in the gym. Yeah, I'll kick someone's ass if you want. But Avon, because I can't remember his character's name, Avon would, would go along with that on the basis that, well, yeah, let him be embarrassed a bit if it stops him coming here and wanting to fight. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, 
I do feel it's a bit of, I think do think you're right in in that regard, but I do think you feel that he is there's a little bit of a it, it's a little bit of him just being a dick uh, with uh, the the box with um, uh, Danny Stuntman Wheeler. Um, oh, the boxer might be being an asshole. Yeah. He just he would take any opportunity, but the fact that that's allowed to even happen, or the way Yvonne tried to stop it, yeah, um, would be that like, well, a I can't stop it, and b frankly, what's likely to happen is he's going to get embarrassed, and if that puts him off, great. Yeah. So, but I always think there's like oh, there's potential for him for that, like a, a match between them two, which doesn't materialise. Strange well, he's enough. still unbeaten. I think he's still unbeaten as a character at this point. Yeah. And of course, because of what happens later, when he's kind of sucker punched anyway, his cachet's not diminished really. So yeah, possibly. So may- maybe in the possible sequel, we'll have uh, we Andre will Ward. Later. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe. So yeah, obviously, so he goes home uh, with the. Uh, Doing the usual, wearing the sunglasses indoors to kind of hide like the black eye. Uh, Has that ever fooled anyone? That old, you know, that old chestnut. Oh, all right, it's you... bright in here. Oh, when, when, when all of a sudden you've become Bono? Like, why are you wearing? It? <laughs> At least Bono can blame it on glaucoma. Yeah, that's true. I, I always found that funny. Everyone like sort of calling Bono an absolute dickhead for like, where, well, why is he wearing sunglasses? And it came out like, yeah, I've got actually, he's got sight problems. Yeah, but, yeah, but he was he was wearing like proper full sunglasses for years. Yeah. Then he started wearing these tinted jobs, and I think that's when it was glaucoma. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't negate the fact he was being a bit of a twat for years before. He was, he was never upfront about it, though, was he? He was always like, oh, it's no. a little bit of vanity. It's a, you know, a little it's bit. None of our, but to be honest, it's none of our fucking business. Well, no, exactly. This is it. Exactly. It's, 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 it's come private. Across like we own these people. It's like if private got to him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just that's what celebrities are known for doing. Sort of very strange things, or you know, wearing sunglasses indoors or odd mm. clothing, sort of thing. But no, if that's what you want to do, whatever's going on in your life, keep it private. It's not for us to know. I mean, the whole, on. the whole sunglasses thing when it came when it first came about, anyway, with uh, Acton Baby was. Uh, I was going to say it was around the time of the fly. Well, yeah, it was like okay. it, was, it was when they kind of rebranded themselves and because he wore those big glasses that were kind of a little bit like flies eyes. Yeah. So that's where it all started. <laughs> but he, yeah. he, he kind of sort of like, like that trend that's still going today. <laughs> he, he started like sort of all wear like leather leather trousers, like kind of like your old DIY kind of rock star kit. So he had like kind of like Elvis or sort of slip back hair and sunglasses and things like that. So it was almost like a very much like an image kind of thing. So they they were very much um, rebranded themselves by then. They were kind of very much uh, what should we say? It was all about it had very much like visual appeal as well. There was those strong, stronger than that, so that that kind of led into that the fact that he always wears sunglasses. So, but I, I don't know what point the the that that started and the glaucoma <laughs> came about. So, um, but so, yeah, so Apollo, he's basically wearing those because he's got a black eye, isn't he? Yeah, and she just walks yeah. in, and goes like, uh, try, tries to explain himself, and he just, she just takes. This the is a off. boxer's widow. She's probably seen all this shit before. Yeah, yeah I, I think that, that's the kind of point, isn't it? Like I've seen all the tricks. Get him off. <laughs> yeah, and he tells her that he quit his job and that he's going to go go into fighting, and she basically lays it down, sort of as to say, "Look, I've carried your father up those stairs when he couldn't have to. I wiped his ass." Uh, yeah, I couldn't use and I, I, when I first watched this film, and this is me talking, I've got you know, you know the sense of humour I've got, listeners. But I, I genuinely thought that was excessive. I was just like, we really don't need that kind of imagery. 
And the more I've watched it, I'm like, no, no, that was necessary. That was necessary. If the audience go, ooh, then actually that's the entirely the point, that the, the, the life of a boxer is not all fucking glamour. Yeah. And even one of the greats, like Apollo Creed, occasionally took enough punishment that he couldn't reach parts of himself and needed intimate bodily functions to be dealt with by somebody else. Yeah, it's the... That's it's the, fut- that's the If that's the future for the greatest of them all, or, sorry, the history of the greatest of them all, then that's probably the future for all fighters at some point or another. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the, the stuff that doesn't get talked about. It's like the, the recovery after the fight that they're like, well, you know... The, Get severely damaged, you know. You need yeah, to something like the brain damage and sort of loss of motor skills. It's not unusual for fighters to be like pissing blood and shit like that the day oh. or two after. Yeah, because yeah. literally they are just beating the shit out of each other. So, well, yeah, literally. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a nice little reality check, but she doesn't actually try and like stop him. She doesn't like condemn him for doing it. She just sort of like lays it down and. Again, this, will, this, will, this will be the result. No, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think that you can read as much or as little into it as you want. I think the more I talk about this film, the more I read into it. Now, that could be projection, but I'm just looking at it and thinking, yeah, I think I, I get the impression they have thought about all of these things, that she hasn't tried to stop him. Well, it, it's almost like they've thought about it enough that somebody involved in this, be it Sly or Ryan Coogler or the other guy, has said, why wouldn't she try and stop him? And they've got an answer for that. And I feel like a lot of the time during this film, they've got an answer for concerns. Why doesn't she try to stop him? Well, she's the widow of a fighter. She knows that, like, you can't really stop this. Yeah. You can try to reason, particularly with someone as smart as Donnie, who's smart enough to have a very, very good white-collar job, and he was about to get his own office, which tells you he was at some degree of seniority. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, if he decides to go out the door unless you want to be completely estranged from him you've just got to keep your mouth shut it's like yeah you just it's something that you know you just can't stop isn't it you're just like right okay well it's far from actually locking him in the house or something or you know it, she could and, like and we've got to remember as well Chris he's closer to 30 than 20 yeah oh yeah definitely so he's this is a fully grown mature man who yeah. can do what he wants so yeah so but apart from like Condemning him and making sure that you're not letting him what what he wants to do. He's only gonna just gonna resent you for it. So mm. what what's the point of let let him at least learn but I the feel, hard way? I feel I feel the character's guilt. Yeah, I, I and I hadn't thought about that before, and I certainly didn't mention it the first time round. Now I think about it, he's not very comfortable with any of this, is he? It, it's almost like he's finally made the decision to let his nature win, if you like. But part, of, but the brain in his head is like, oh god, this is awful. And she had to watch my father die, and you can see he's not very comfortable with it. This is not the way I would have wanted it to unfold. I, I always had a, I mean, I think they used part of this scene in the trailer. I may be wrong on that. Maybe I've just, but this seems a very pivotal scene. But in lots of ways, I just think, is it just me or Sylvester Stallone finding? extra depth in this character with each outing I just think he just lives it you know what I mean I think it's like a, like a, like, an, like a comfortable jacket he can just sort of slip in, in and out of and it's just like 
he just lives and breathes it. So, I, it, to to me, I, I find Sly is, I, you know, he's the only person who can actually play that role, uh, which sounds really daft, I know, but it's... Well, he, he is Whoopi, isn't he, pretty much? Well, yeah, I think when you play, he's playing someone for that long as well, and obviously he, he knows in and out, he's very passionate about it, he wants, you know, he... He wouldn't want. He wouldn't want to do this you know, if it was going to be detrimental to, to the character and the legacy. So, I think after five, that's certainly true. Yeah, I think well, they're, they're, they're whatever you think of five. I think certainly it, it's less important what we think and more important what he thinks. And the fact that he really, really was in, a little bit embarrassed by five, if we take what he said on at face value. I think he's now at the point that he's totally into the quality control of how this character is used. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's just very, it, it, it's odd because it's not like a big uh, entrance, it's not an emotional entrance, you know, we don't open up the grave graveyard or anything, you know, we we he's literally just coming upstairs from the cellar, uh, wearing his glasses going like, oh, who are you? <laughs> Almost like surprised. Well, I mean, uh, 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 to use a flippant example, it was never going to be like the Fonz in Happy Days. Hey! He was, he was <laughs> never going to burst through the door in that load of applause. It's not meant to be his film. But I like the idea that we've kind of just dropped in on his life. Yeah. He could have been doing anything at that point. He could have been, you know, could have been earlier in the day at the market or whatever. But it's here, it's this time, and this is what Rocky's up to. Mm. Um, the essential decency of Rocky always gets me. In the, I think we can all be a bit snobby towards people who aren't that bright, but I never feel that way about Rocky because he's just so much nicer than we are. Probably not Becca. Becca's nice, but um, you know he's so much nicer than we are that you just love the fact he's so kind to everybody. He's the Forrest Gump of boxing. But yeah, what a, what a just what a good egg he is all round. You know he's he's just he's nicer than most people. And I just find it engaging that he's got this stranger in his restaurant last thing at night. He's ready to lock up, but he's willing to talk to him and he engages him. And I, I, I just love this scene and I, I love where it goes. It's a slowly unfolding scene, um, which this series hasn't taken its time for a few episodes. I love it. What do you guys think? Yeah, it kind of carries on from last um, last film. Um because with Rocky Balboa, we saw um, obviously he was taking Spidey Rico under his wing, kind of, um, you know, helping him, letting him help out in the kitchen, and that sort of thing. So I think it's just an extension of that, really. Um, it just shows that, yeah, underneath it all, he is just like the nicest guy. I also like the there's a, also the element where like he sort of like um, he reveals that oh uh, I'm 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 uh, Apollo's son. He goes like oh no that can't be possible. Like oh why not? If you you've phone still works oh that's right you haven't I'm calling us it's funeral you know that little sort of detail just tells you like there's you can understand why possibly how we let relationships just sort of slip by but especially in the, in the uh, but it's all very human isn't yeah. it it isn't you don't listen to that and go what a twat not even ringing for 30 yeah. years you understand yeah. you can understand how these things happen and you know because uh, bear in mind like if you if you watch Rocky Four, he goes straight from that into like training poverty. to to to, uh, to beat them, coming back on the plane, then poverty, <laughs> uh, and and all the rest of it. 
Uh, plus, also, you got the idea of, like, maybe doesn't want to think about that idea because he has some sort of guilt. Would you want to face her after that when yeah. you think it was your fault? Yeah. Well, exactly. And they address all that here. I love several things about this. So, I mean, one of the things that I'm not so sure about, but I think the film had to do it, is because Apollo was always the opponent. I mean, we know he was unbeaten uh, at the start of the series. We know he'd never been knocked out. We know that... Um, but we don't know much more than that. We, we know that he's a larger-than-life character. But after that, he almost becomes the opponent. And, of course, Rocky, who is always painted as a limited fighter, beat him. What I think the series has never really sold and tries to do sort of a remedial job here is how great Creed was. Now, we know he was the world champion. We know he was a pretty dominant champion. And we know not much more than that. This film basically reminds us that he was effectively Muhammad Ali. He's in the arguments when it comes to the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah, he's like the favourite answer. In, in this universe to like... He's Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad Ali, etc. Yeah. He is. But um, because he's always been the opponent to our main protagonist, I think that's been a little bit forgotten. We knew he was very, 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 very to infinity good. Mm. We didn't necessarily know he was possibly the greatest ever. And this scene tries to at least, at least to reject that balance, to say, no, he was the greatest, time got him. He won the third fight. Whether that's true doesn't actually matter. Well, there's also a sense of perspective as well. Um, like, time's a funny thing. Is uh, so if when Apollo was doing his his thing, say in in the first two Rocky films, um, yes, he would have been regarded as you know one of the best. You know, as, but as you in, might need time to go exactly. Yeah, no, I actually I understand that. So yes, I do get that. So that whole attitude. So um, that might time. Yeah, we've had four decades for his reputation to cement. Yes. So we've only really seen the the tail end of his career. You know, as Rocky as Rocky says in that scene. You know, like it'll time beat him. You know, it's like <laughs> it was coming up towards the end of his career. Blah blah. Um. So there is that's that side to it. I think that's sort of you know his. He, and plus, also the nature of that fact that he's died as well is probably, you know, I, I hate to say that, but that does happen. No, it's true. Um, it's true. You've only got to look at someone like Ayrton Senna in Formula One. Yeah. Ayrton Senna was great, by the way, but he's he's that sort of half a second greater a lap because he died. Yeah, it's because, like, sort of shining bright and then like, then going out all of a sudden rather than just fading away. I think uh, that, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah. We didn't get, I mean, with Ayrton Senna, we didn't get to see the years where he wasn't quite as fast as he used to be. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, we missed that with him. So yeah, I do think that plays. It's 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 difficult to make. So the film does have a job of like selling the fact that this is the the legend, um, which is a bit odd because you because th- given the whole journey of the Rocky story, you think Rocky is the legend. <laughs> but yeah. Rocky is the. I mean, he's probably, he's probably up there. But I think it's almost a course correction in that yes, he is one of the greats. But it is like Rocky Marciano against Muhammad Ali. One's a lot more workaday than the other. And the other one is just almost transcendental. Yeah. Natural talent. Um, Rocky made. Rocky was a massive overachiever, in terms of his natural ability. And the first couple of films tell us that. First, first one obviously because he's just a local pug. 
and the second one was limited. You know, he was limited. This limited fighter has captured the public's attention. Even film six starts to mention that, you know, he, he overachieved and, and beat a lot more gifted fighters. But obviously, when we were in the midst of three and four, he was just this fucking superhero. And I do think the, these last couple of films have kind of corrected it. They've put us back to where we were, which is Rocky was just a, an average pug, but with a complete never-say-die attitude. But Apollo Creed was just born with the most outrageous natural talent. Yeah. Like that. I think that's what it's telling us anyway. That's what it is. I mean, you know, to be, and to be fair, so you only have to like say look at how uh, Carl Weathers was in the, in those films, and just how it's very to believe like yes, this guy is quite easily like the best boxer like around, quite easily because because he, he's, he's he's ripped, he's he, he's confident, you know, he's he's charming and charismatic and all the rest of it, and also he's convincingly fast and looks like he. He punches hard, so it's yeah. not that. It, but it was undermined by the sequels. The problem is that the sequels followed it up with bigger fighters, stronger fighters, yeah. and all the rest of it, because they kept having to elevate the threat. And I kept saying that, you know, after four, they had to dial it back because there was nowhere else to go. And the problem is that makes Creed look like the first level on the way to like yeah. think of it computer game terms, like Drago was the boss level. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And yeah. actually, in reality, once you take off that filter of ever-escalating threat that a film series has to give us, actually the best fight of Rocky ever fought was Apollo Creed. Yeah, definitely, because you think, well, yeah. well, you know, Clang, um, La- yeah, Club of Lang was just... Clang. Clang, <laughs> clang for sure. Not for Clang. <laughs> um, I mean, at the end of the day, like all, they were all really short rounds, you know. I mean, he, you know, he only beat Rocky because Rocky wasn't really prepared. Um, yeah, it was a hard hit. It was always going to hurt Rocky, but and uh, and then just, and he came back. Game, he did it quickly. Yeah, yeah. and um, and uh, Drago was just like a tree trunk, of a, you know. But it was just like someone who was just strong, really. Strong, I tall, and, and and menacing. So, but in terms of actual, I mean, and, and of course, Apollo only died because he was probably an older boxer, and again, wasn't wasn't taking it seriously enough. Um, so, but the end of this scene, I mean, we, we've talked yeah. a lot about Apollo there, but the whole point is, I don't want to train you. He does believe it's his son. We do get Rocky open up a little bit of like, no, he was better. He was better than me. You might be special, but you might not be. And no, I'm not doing this. Um, and when he says the, the one bit, I think the film does sort of talk about why they fight. What what that whole uh, similarly with what happens with Rocky. What is it about our lives that make us fight? At this stage, I'm not overly I don't really buy into it when he says I've got no choice. I've been fighting all my life. I thought, yeah, you had a bit of a rough start, but you grew up in quite a lot of wealth yeah um rocky does address that i mean the film doesn't hide away from it he says to him well you know you speak pretty well i think you're educated um and actually you talk about and he actually almost addresses his naivety and that rocky says to him well what rocky is effectively saying to him is that yeah okay you might think you got no choice but to fight but you know actually and you say your father died doing what he loved but your father would rather be here 
Mm. He'd rather be here to meet you. So I love this scene. Yeah. I think it's virtually perfect. You can also read into the fact that he, he chooses he, he, at first he chooses not to you know train him, just up where he goes later on, um, because obviously Rocky is now by himself at this point. So uh, he, he, he's always kind of like made up the fact that he wants to keep it that way now. So there's that element element to it as well, to like one, one of the scenes that comes up later on. So, that's the end of that scene. We, he's now in Philadelphia. He's met Rocky. Rocky's been a complete gentleman, as he always is yeah. to him. We found a little bit out about his motivation. We've learned a couple of, at least, of regs about past Rocky films, if we're inclined to believe them. Where does it go from there? It goes to him getting an apartment and going to Mickey's, doesn't it? Well, yeah, we, he's at the apartment, and he watches that HBO thing on his uh, iPad about uh, about the... the uh, the two boxes that match that's coming up and it's uh, oh it's um, yeah. Okay, yeah yeah it's uh, Tommy uh, Stuntman Wheeler and uh, Pretty Ricky Cullen Danny Wheeler I think it is isn't it Danny Wheeler sorry yeah um, they are the number one and two in the world so that would be an enormous fight if you yeah. think about any real world equivalent that's probably a fight that both of them have either been ducking or trying to put together for years. So this is a big deal. What makes it worse is uh, Ricky Collins about to go to prison. He hasn't been sentenced yet, but he's basically on a firearms charge to which he will or has plead guilty. Um, or pled guilty. Um, now, that must be really funny to Americans listening, the idea that like carrying a gun around is a problem, but yeah, it is, frankly, here and <laughs> Long may it remain so. Yes. Um, and he ha- is about to go to prison, so it's one last payday. And I actually think the Ricky Conlon character is quite interesting. And he's not an actor. We know he's not an actor, but he's genuinely concerned about his kids. Yeah, there is a level. I mean, he, he on one hand, he is seen as a cocky twat. <laughs> but, Which is true. But there, but the other hand, he is sort of. I mean, we we see at the end at the end of this film as well. There is like. Inside, there is a genuine decent guy, and he's just—he's just, a, he's just uh, a guy who I think, uh, as they would say, well, there's got to there's got to be anger management issues there. Yeah, there? I, I think they would say in Liverpool, he's a bit of a knobhead. He's all right, but he's a bit of a knobhead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I lived in Liverpool for years, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think they say that in generally, generally the north thing. Um, so. I think that's that's just that's what it just says to me. It's just a guy who just does daft things, but um, he just. In fact, actually, uh, this won't mean a lot to people not in this country. But there's something very Joey Barton about him. In that, actually, there's quite an intelligent guy under it all, but he loses his temper far too quickly and sabotages himself with real silliness. There's also yeah, a sense of showmanship as well, particularly in the uh, in in the uh, interviews, you know, the pre-match interview yeah. um, thing. But they even get it Definitely. Uh, as it reels later on, uh, shortly. So we're, we're, so we're all set up now that um, they're the best two fighters yeah. in the world and they are both in what... L- in or around what will likely be his weight class, because we're told he's around 180, which means with a bit of work and training, he'll get to 175, which is the light heavyweight limit. Um, he gets an apartment. 
do we go to the apartment or the gym first? Well, just just a quick note. Apparently, the announcement on the HBO was uh, Lee Schreiber. Uh, no, I, I would that. never have figured that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know if he actually does a, a HBO stuff generally, and that's just what they grabbed or they. I suspect. That I suspect probably because it is taking real, you know, yeah. real world situations. I might even look him up just to see if he is like the voice of it or something. Yeah. But he yeah, must be okay. a sporting fan then, maybe. Could be a bit of just a Rocky fan, but um... uh, yeah, in between making his TV drama, he's we're a fan of the Rocky movies. How about that? And uh, yeah, he, uh, and this is where he first meets uh, Bianca. Bianca. Yeah. <laughs> Becky, you got any great opinions on this person, <laughs> this relationship? I think I, I, sometimes in some of the previous Rocky movies, these kind of extraneous love interests, um, especially in. Like Barbara and other sort of previous films as well, um, have, have been kind of a bit superfluous, really. Um, but I was going to say, the character of Bianca, I think, is really quite interesting. Generally, as, as we've seen previously, like with Adrian, for example, is a little bit one note. Um, I mean, she's a brilliant actress, um, but, you know, plays a role perfectly. Um, but yeah, is a little bit underserved. But I would say Bianca here, perhaps, you know, she's she's this is going to sound really cheesy, but like a woman, woman for our times, you know, she's got her own dreams, her own ambitions. Um, there's a little bit of something holding her back by way of hearing difficulty, which she remedies with a um, with a hearing aid. Um, but so that's something common to her profession, you know, as, as a musician. Um, but no, I, th- I think she's she's really well served by the script as well. Um, but no, uh, that's think, that's my general views on Bianca. I mean, thinking about it, there's quite a contrast with the first film in that. Where would have Adrian been without Rocky? Well, and, it, then ask, exactly. and then ask the question: Where would have Bianca been without Adonis? And yeah, they both great, would have kind of forged their own path, really. But obviously, no, I actually think quite the opposite. I think yeah, well, Bianca, one, wouldn't be the Bianca other, but obviously, in terms have, of Bianca, Bianca would have. I think Adrian would have been stuck in the pet shop, looking still very sort of bookish and being very shy. Mm. So but I Bianca think can forge her own it, path. in Rocky, the leading lady needs the man. I think in this film, it's not the case at all. No, definitely. That's why she's very much modern woman. Yeah, with a Lisa Bonet air. <laughs> very, <laughs> very Lisa Bonet. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think that. I mean, I, I, I struggle to think how much of an impact she actually has in has in the film, though. Uh, well, like, if she was here, would you really miss her? If she, if she wasn't, in... I wouldn't miss her at all. I mean, I mean, I, I, I like her. I think she does a very good job. But I'm not sure what purpose she serves because if it were to humanise Donnie, well, I think his relationship with Rocky's doing that already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I struggle to think why it's here other than the, other than the usual like, okay, we'll need to have like various love interests, kind of like to have Rocky's Adrian, so to speak. Um, the, I, I, I do, I do think I'm not quite sure what's the whole point of her having regressive hearing loss is meant to represent or I wonder if she's a bit of a catalyst in that respect it's obviously where we had like I think Marie I mean it's, it's nice to see the character return to the series but was perhaps not needed um, but I wonder if obviously because there's a scene later on where she's like okay you know why didn't you tell me that you know that Apollo was your father blah blah blah, blah and you know why do you keep all this for me why are you not being 100% with me so I wonder if that kind of helps to, to spur him on almost I think there's an, an element of 
Um, again, I might be overreading it, but I just feel there's a lot of transience in this film. You know, Rocky had it perfect for a while and then she died. Rocky had a career, it's gone. Um, Apollo died before his time, a long way before his time. Adonis doesn't have long left if he wants to make it as a fighter. He's 28, 29 now. In fact, he's arguably almost left it a bit too late already. And then you've got her, Bianca, who she hasn't got long in this career because she's going to lose her hearing. It, it does, and eventually we're going to see Rocky get ill, and it's like, well, does he want to just make the rest of the time, rest of the time available to him? Does he value time? I, I do think there is an element of everything in this film is about the fact that time moves on, and not always for the better. So grab what you can from where you are. Makes sense. I guess I I, I feel like she's like the weakest element in the film and it's not necessarily like on her it's just what is what it's is. just the film didn't really have any room for her or didn't well, know what yeah, to do. yeah exactly it's just like well, what's... and it's very like rocky balboa that way because they introduced mm. marie and then you got to the end of the film thinking apart from giving rocky someone to talk to what was the point yeah i would be inclined to disagree but we'll have to agree to disagree but no, no i think, tell she's, us how I you think disagree. that's fine well, no, just as I said before, I think if she wasn't in it, I would probably miss her. I think she's kind of better served by the script than Marie, for example. I, I do feel that Marie was kind of very, very extra, and you, 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 know, you could have left her scenes on the cutting room floor. I think floor I agree with that. I think she's without, better served than Marie. Without, without kind of being horrible. Mm. Um, but I do kind of think she does serve a purpose. Um, and def- certainly in terms of her characterisation as well, she's kind of more not just a love interest, Um you know, she's a real woman with her hopes and dreams and goals that she wants to achieve in terms of like the music scene. But I think, yeah, if you chopped her out, you probably would, you'd miss a, a big chunk from this film. Your perspective interests me there, Becca, uh, mainly because you're the only female of the three of us, and there hasn't thinking about standing it, up for yeah. Thinking, well, well, the, well, the truth is, without it, it would become a complete manifest. The, well, this film. that's the point. If you these look films at the are series, generally manifest, aren't they? I've been perfectly well served by all the characters, but when I think back, the only prominent female in the entire series, did she ever have an interesting fucking line or joke or anything? She was entirely defined by Rocky. I am. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's not necessarily wrong, bad, or anything. The films called the films were called Rocky. Then a number. Yeah. Yeah, they were about him. So it's not wrong, but at the same time, I'm thinking about it now. Actually. As a woman watching these, I do wonder if someone like Bianca comes along and you go, well, at least they've fucking written, written a proper female character. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's just one of those things really, isn't it? Otherwise, I mean, generally these films have been a bit of a sausage fest. Um, but no, I just think it's quite interesting. Italian kind of, sausage. Italian sausage fest. <laughs> mm. um, and they just kind of, you know, inject that kind of extra, I don't know, sense of femininity into it, I suppose. But, you know, she's, she's, she's merely not just a love interest, I would say. I think she does provide that catalyst to give a bit of spur for, um, I don't want to call him Creed, and obviously that's kind of his name, um, for, for Donnie uh, to kind of move forward and kind of embrace she, she, that side of himself. She's another element uh, for his inspiration, isn't she? Because later when she does uh, say, you know, you, it's your name, so you just use it. And, and, and that... Yeah. And that Use it, be proud of it. Kind of thing. I don't. I, I don't think the film serves her as well as it should. 
uh, particularly towards the end. I just think there was a few things that didn't really make sense or weren't really drawn out properly. Um, I just would have liked to have some sort of clarity um, in in the script that stated like her actual purpose, like the what it means to have her in the film, um, which you know, which which I kind of really want, wanted because everything else about about it's so well done that I kind of just needed that extra element to make it click. So it's just a bit sad for me to to to, to watch a character that's actually well drawn and well performed and think. It's, it's a bit fleeting yeah, to see facts. where you really need to be here um, kind of thing. And I'm not even necessarily... I mean, by the end of Rocky, I know it all happens quite quickly. Nothing's ever perfect. But I never doubt for a second that the character of Rocky Balboa utterly adores Adrian. I totally buy Adonis really likes Bianca. But I never see it as this real big love. She's just cool and she's good to be around and he likes her and he's attracted to her. Yeah. And they get on well. Yeah, I, I, I get. I mean, I, I, the thing is, though, with the, the two different personalities as well, Rocky's just a big, soft look of a Rocky man, wants isn't he? To take care of Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah. you, you look at, especially like with modern times as well, you, you've got you're two people who kind of really want to be independent, so they've got a little bit of a. a little bit more. Atti- got a little bit more of a stern attitude, I think, a little bit. So they got more of like yeah. yeah I, I mean, for, for me, I think they've got it. I don't think they've totally integrated it into the story in a way that's of any use to us. But as a, as a piece of characterization on them both, yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly see them going out with each other. It's not like you think, oh, you'd never be fucking interested, you know, or she would never okay. be fucking interested. But you know. Yeah, yeah, and plus also, if they, if they do a sequel, it could work out better as well because it's like this is a beginning. Well, you've it? given you've given the arc some room to grow. Yeah, I mean that, that after the first film or so, Rocky and Adrian had nowhere to go. They were married and he fucking adored her. End of story. She didn't want him to fight, so it was rinse and repeat every film. Yeah. I don't want you to fight. I have to fight. So and then he fights. So in hindsight, yeah. this might be a good. Decisions kind of like not not show all its cards <laughs> right off the first. But it's another, yes, but it kind of affects the completeness yeah, yeah. of this film. It does, it does. Um, but anyway, so he's got his apartment now. Yeah, yeah. He's he's he's, he's not done a door at all. At all. Oh, you keep the racket show, and she goes no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, and then yeah, he goes to uh, Mitch Jim to meet. Uh, I, I got his name wrong on the first uh, thing. Uh, is it Sorpino? Yeah, I think he went with Peter we Soprano nice last time. Yeah, Peter Soprano. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. He's not much of a character. We don't see an awful lot of him. He's childhood friends of Rocky, and he basically runs Rocky's gym for him. Rocky's not interested in getting involved in any of that at the moment. It doesn't really look like Mickey's gym, but buildings can change and be reconfigured over decades, so who cares? Uh, he's working with a decent light heavyweight prospect unbeaten in about 15 or 16. We do get the number, but I forget what it was. Um, and he basically sa- he says to Adonis, you train here and I'll look in on you when you can. So Adonis just basically goes to work by himself. He's taken what money he's got, doesn't need a job for the time being, has an apartment, and he just goes to a gym he knows is owned by Rocky just to work by himself. And uh, then he 
then after that, don't we see he meets up with Rocky again? He runs up, doesn't he? Uh, Rocky is unloading his van, um, and we know this from the last film, and I think we see it in this film as well. Rocky's day is very much routine, so and his routine is partly um, early on in the day he'll get supplies for the restaurant, and so he is unpacking that outside of like the service door, yeah. and he he runs over to help, starts yeah. calling him unk short for uncle um, <laughs> and he's, he, he begs for some drills uh, by <laughs> drills we mean um, uh, basically exercise repetition program yeah kind of like three rounds of this two rounds of that etc yeah sort of like training tips almost so yeah, he's, yeah so Rocky writes something down he takes a photo of it and then then runs off and then we learn all about the youth of today and their mobile technology <laughs> we learn all about the cloud I, I, I love Stallone in this sequence, but it's a little bit like, I don't know. What am I trying to say, folks? I must say this. This is one scene I did find a little bit cringy. Clunky? I, I, yeah, clunky, just a little bit. I, I found it funny. Wasn't it? I, no, oh, I laughed. Funny. I laughed. I thought it was funny, but then I was just like, oh, cringe, really? But, you know, it's, you know cringe a bit and, and move on. So that's fine. Well, I, 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 I guess, but I think also you have to keep in keeping with it's true to the character of Rocky I can't imagine Rocky being up to date with technology no he's too busy running his restaurant and yeah. all the rest of it so. it, it's just not something that I think he would be, be into so like, I think yeah. he's not like... well, well the way he looks out up at the sky afterwards yeah Sylvester Stallone I know he's older but I mean he can still do all the action stuff yeah and at least I'm sure we realise he's, he's all playing, technology but, but he is playing Rocky physically slower Every movement, even his head, he looks up to the sky and it's a slow, lazy look. <laughs> it, it's, I just think there's some wonderful physical acting in this role. That Sylvester Stallone is in his 70s. There's no reason he wouldn't play older. But when he can still play muscled and action and everything else, to, to, to give himself over to playing this as a bit of a broken down old man without it coming off as cliche, it's really good. Yes. Um, but he's interested yeah. now. Rocky's at least interested in this kid. He yeah, knows sure. this kid. Kid, comparatively, he's nearly 30. But, uh, you know, this kid is, is showing interest and he keeps coming back to him. Yeah, one would say pushy almost, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we also get another bit of, uh, you know, of, of Donnie seeing uh, Bianca because he sort of like goes in uh, to the gig she's, she's playing at. So he kind of like sort of hears the music outside and sort of like wanders in. Uh, so you can imagine like going to like a, a, a night venue when you're just sweaty from a jog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But okay. Uh, and then uh, we also we also learn uh, that um, about Ricky Collins punched um, uh, Wheeler and broke his jaw. Yeah, that's it. They've they've gone to the press conference, the anticipated fight of the decade, uh, and. Conlon has not as punched Wheeler just in them squaring up after weighing in and he's broken his jaw so Wheeler's out for weeks if not months and Conlon has, doesn't have time for a reschedule because he's going to prison at some point so. yeah so yeah so there's a oh there's an open opportunity uh, wink wink uh, <laughs> basically after we're done um Donnie asks Bianca out for their first date slash not date. 
Yeah, is it a date? Is it not a date? We don't know. Well, technically, we don't get a lot of local flavour in this series that isn't really negative. In the, uh, you know, the first film we see a bar, but that could have been a bar anywhere. Um, And in the last film, we saw a bit of a mouthy young girl in a bar. But when it wasn't playing on the poverty of the area, we didn't get an awful lot of local Philadelphia colour. No, I must say, and I like for that reason. No, I was say as 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 this series has gone on, I must say that characters of Philadelphia, or certainly in terms of the locations, they they're not they don't appear as much as characters in the film. I know that sounds a, a, a bit dodgy, but like as a, you know, you've kind of got Philadelphia, um, I agree, California, and that sort of thing. They sort of really yeah. loom large and and look like the making of the characters. But as it's kind of gone on, obviously you, you know about Philadelphia, we're familiar with it now, um, and also you know going to sort of um, for Apollo Creed, going back to his sort of training ground using his gym. Um, it was a real character in the film, but I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling it so much here. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's too much the going on. Time, I, no, I think this film is the first time it's done it. Oh so yeah, no, def- yeah. This, this is yeah, probably one of the only oh, sorry, you're series, saying but it is doing it here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's doing it here for sure. But this is, but generally, but, uh, it's in just the film nice that so he's new to town. Yeah, exactly. Uh, of course, he'd want to orient himself to it. Yeah, he's going to come up find somewhere where all the locals go. And they're all really nice to him. Yeah. So and, cool. and I really want to try. Uh, Philadelphia cheesesteak. Yeah. Not a cheesecake. Um, not a cheesecake. Really, not a cheesecake. I'm not really quite <laughs> sure steak. what one is, but I wasn't really paying that much attention, but I want to try myself, yeah. If there's any meaty involved, I could probably give it a wide berth, but yeah. it looks yummy. That's because you're mad. You just eat lentils and weeds. <laughs> <laughs> While lentils, we're gnawing on eat. half a cow. You know, you should, lentils, eat, rice and peas. you should eat meat. It's good for you. You need, yeah, it's, it's good natural protein. It's uh, yeah. yeah, I can get plenty of that elsewhere. Thank you. Um, but no, anyway, you know, it's always good to kind of you know go with the sort of local colour and um, so eat like what the people eat for sure. So yeah, how does he get Rocky interested? Where do we go from there? Well, basically, uh, Rocky. We next scene we see Rocky actually go to the, the grave. Uh, now this scene, ah, this scene always yeah. tears me up now. Yes, um, this is where we see it. See, so, you know, not it, it, you, really. Well, it, it's just sad, isn't it? He sits, he sits, yeah, there. it is a bit emotional. Sits, isn't it? Yeah, yeah had something in my eye. It, it is both a. a I, I, I like Talia Shire, by the way, and I think she's really good in the Godfather films, particularly the second one, where she goes off the rails a bit. But I've always felt Adrian is poorly served here. I think she's necessary. I want Rocky to be in love and have someone he can look after and everything. But I think it says a lot that's not necessarily positive about her character and an awful lot that's positive about both both Bert Young and Paulie that I found it much, much more jarring and painful when I realised Paulie was dead as well because I didn't know before I went into this film than I, than I did when I found out Adrian was gone. It hurt me more. I really miss Bert Young in this film. Uh, what was the reason for that, do you think? Um... I think the film, thinking about it, I think the film series took Rocky and Adrian's chemistry and partnership almost for granted. That we see them fall in love in the first film, but it happens very quickly. And then thereafter, he's, of course he loves her, she's his wife sort of thing. Paulie, we see an awful lot of Paulie and Adrian together ups and downs in their relationship. Paulie and Adrian, sorry. We see an awful lot of Paulie and Rocky together Mm. and the ups and downs in their relationship. And also Paulie was a really complex character. Mm. The only character I can think of 
off the top of my head that's a bit like him is Sipowitz from NYPD Blue, in that Sipowitz was a racist, wife-beating alcoholic, and yet the, the, the show found a way to make you root for him really hard. And, and saying the words racist, alcoholic, wife-beater almost sounds indefensible, but the show manages to find a way. Now, whilst Paulie's not that bad, he's a fucking pig. And at different times in the, in the, in the series, you don't know whether he's going to open his mouth and say something really kind or open his mouth and abuse the only people in his world that love him. He's both a freeloader and someone who desperately wants to work. And he was portrayed with such compassion and love and nuance by Burt Young, who I always got the impression loves his character every bit as much as Sly loves Rocky, that when he went, it, it leaves a real hole. I think it's quite valid he is dead. I don't think it hurts this film per se, but as a fan of the series, yeah, it really, really got me when I realised Paulie was dead. Yeah. So also, I think it yeah. also means the fact that Rocky is now alone, officially. Yes. Yeah, that hasn't got any of his old cronies around him, as it were. Cronies is about... Paulie sure. gave him purpose. Right, I mean, it, it's little things like... He hasn't got any of his family around him. Well, in the last film, we saw him put uh, Paulie's cereal bowl out in the morning. Mm. Tiny little things, but things that would give you purpose. Yeah. And now that's gone. And it's Paulie's birthday, isn't it? He yeah. pours a bit of like, whiskey on the grave. Yeah, happy birthday. Go. Got, got him his favourite, and they uh, got some uh, got some flowers for his wife. And there you are. Yeah. Um, it's just something really, really, touching so, moment. really, yeah. It's really touching to think that you know Rocky must go there every day and just read the paper. And it's just like something really sort of like really heart heartening about that. It's just really sort of yeah. And that was a real kind of. Something in my eye. Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Heart just goes, oh, every time, every, you know, every time we get yeah. to that, that, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I feel, feel, feel for Rocky. Um, so, yeah, he, but he basically, he goes to read the paper and he, he pauses and he sort of thinks, and he, but in this, you know, we, we kind of see him sort of go, maybe, there, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should go and train the kid. So we, uh, he goes and goes back to Mick's gym and uh, decides he's going he's gonna to train Donnie, much to... Um, uh, yes, the film, the film noticeably speeds up from there, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, much from... Uh, is it Sorpino? <laughs> it's like... From, um, from uh, Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> the, the, the... I don't remember the genesis of that, but I was calling him that all the way through the last review, and I can't remember. I think it was Chris. Yeah, I can't remember I think Chris probably said something a bit and I went Pepe Le Pew. The um, yeah. the Russian gangster in the the Dark Knight. Which actually I should know because I love the Dark Knight, but I don't think it ever really occurred to me. What that it's that that it was him or the actor's it's name. It's a little bit like I didn't realise it was fucking you know Sharky in uh, the second film, even though I've seen both films multiple times and they're both amongst my favourites. Yeah, I don't think I made that link to this one. Uh, but he starts training him. Um, he's a very different trainer as well than he was the first time round because when he trained Tommy, I think he was still a frustrated fighter. But not only that, he was trying to be not himself. He was trying to be Mickey. Mm. And in that film, it was a bit of a retcon on Mickey. But we had Mickey coming out with all those customato phrases about fire and fear and nature being very smart, which I mentioned in the first episode, I think, 
which I forgot was in five, but Customer was saying, you know, nature takes things away from you until you're ready to die. And he was starting to say all this stuff to Tommy, and it wasn't him. He was just projecting Mickey. Yeah, like what now he knew as well. Yeah, yeah. Now we're decades on, and Rocky has found his voice as a trainer. And it's all really humble as well. Yeah. I love it. Well, yeah, he kind of like sort of, it's in the trailer in this, but he sort of he sort of stands in front of the mirror and he sort of like guys saying that he he's your your biggest opponent. I believe it's true in the ring. I believe it's true in life. And he basically sort of set, makes him spar against himself in front of a mirror, which uh, which I suppose is is probably good for his technique, isn't it? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Know it, it look, you, you, really you, you look a bit. all right in the film. Yeah, you look look a bit daft, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically Rocky starts training him and uh, doesn't he get um, an offer for from Pete uh, Soprino or Pepe Le Pew? Yeah, they, they, set, they set him up with the fight with that kid in his gym, yeah. basically. Well, yeah, we, we um, he has to drop £5 to do it, but that's actually nothing. Most fighters, when they're not in training, it's nothing. It really isn't. Uh, most fighters, a couple of days after a fight, are like £15 every year or so anyway. So that's no big deal. Um, uh, so... Uh, it then becomes they go to a different gym, largely because, you know, Pepe Le Pew and his ward are uh, based, were there first, so yeah. that's fair enough. So they go to a different gym the other side of Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, we get the first, did he, he moves in with Rocky now, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he moves, he moves in with Rocky. Which is great, because Bianca had absolutely no fucking idea this uncle was Rocky Balboa. Yeah. <laughs> Legendary heavyweight. I, I, yeah. I like how that plays out as well, because it it, it kind of plays out as if, she, like, you assume she might not know, as if, so, like, what, your your uncle's white? And kind of like, yeah, and, and then so, <laughs> as soon as, like, he goes in a van, you kind of want to forget that. Like, Actually, yeah, Rocky would be a local celebrity, and she just says, how, you, how can you tell me your, your uncle's Robbie, Rocky Balboa? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is one of the greats. Yeah. You know, this film this film postulates Apollo was better, but he's still one of the greats. He'd still be well-known in that area as well. He'd be like... He'd be well-known everywhere, but certainly in that area, because he's always in the market yeah. and things like that. Um, so I really like that. That's kind of cool. And what I love about it is Rocky doesn't expect or need to be recognised. He's just another guy in the town. He's always yeah. so humble. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So doesn't we doesn't don't we then go to Rocky like waking him up with a load of music and dancing? I love this. How fucking <laughs> and charming! Yeah, this, this is how we get started, you know. <laughs> how how charming is Sylvester Stallone in that scene? It's lovely, isn't it? It's a lovely little scene. It's like yeah, it's a training. This is how we start training, and he starts doing a little boogie and mm. gyrating. And again, <laughs> he stole my dance moves. Another thing. He's found his own voice. Mickey wouldn't have done that. Yeah, Mickey no. Wasn't, Mickey wasn't fucking fun-loving in any way. No, he's quite serious and quite a hard slave driver. No, it's just like a fun, a fun sort of like, come on, you're going to get you up and do it. But he does the thing of like, no, you're going to run <laughs> while I drive. Yeah, you got, yeah, well, I drive this van, you're going to chase me. But he, he kind of goes back to like the old tactics you know, that, Mickey, that Mickey used as well, sort of like chasing a chicken around, around the garden and you know trying to catch him in a certain amount of time. Um, and doing things like you know trying to run up the steps and I, drinking I, all I, his eggs and I, I like how it uh, wrapped up slower. Uh, we're saying like oh chickens are getting slower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not getting faster as the chickens are getting slower. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, we sort of, he, he makes him like run like well we know it's like must it was in the early hours of the dark 
dark hours of the morning and it's like bright bright <laughs> it's full sunshine by the time we get to the gym <laughs> how long did they want yeah exactly Must yeah. Be like, how, how far away did you say this gym was yeah far enough <laughs> and uh and yeah so he starts training here rocky obviously is not a full-on trainer he's sort of like uh he he, he he's more there at, at, at the side giving it giving it giving advice and motivation it might be an early clue he's not very well. I don't know if that was in their intentions, but he, he admits to there's things he can't do now, and that does include things like that. because of his like age, that. perhaps. Yeah, that, that, that may be it, but we do see him doing that a bit later on, so I do wonder if it's he just feels tired all the time because he's getting sick. Yeah, it's your standard sort of training sort of montage. No hearts on fire or anything, but... Um... We do build on that, and then yeah, we get to the uh, the match night, and uh, I really like the idea that uh, Donny needs a shit before. <laughs> yeah, gloves on and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's it, like, cut um, me out. I need to go. And it's just like, oh. But again, it's also real and human. None of us have have played any kind of sport at elite level or performed in public or anything. I imagine but that that's what it would be it, like. It, when you're super nervous. But, you got to yeah, go. but this, yeah. Bodily functions like that or vomiting, depending on how you're kind of wired or peeing, even has a very close sort of relationship with nerves. It's like your body sort of uh, tries to give you distractions. It's like no, no, you need to do this instead because your mind's like yeah. going like oh, nervous. Like really, isn't it? Yeah, well, I kind of like that. Um, but we also find out that Rocky's school friend, the other trainer, knows he's a creed. Yeah. He's he's made some phone calls, figured out who who he is, and he's a bit miffed how we didn't tell him. Uh, but Rocky says, well, "Okay, I'm sorry, but you know, guy kid just wants to make it on his own. Do you mind just keeping it?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." As in that in, in that kind of, no, I'm not. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so you have the match, and I, I think the fight sequence is pretty. It's really well done. You forget how it's. Because the camera sort of almost like just goes all around the ring, doesn't it? It kind of follows through. Seems really fluid. And you... I was always more impressed by what was going on in the venue as a whole, yeah, than just the ring because they've had to. Maybe this is a negative sign in that you can say, well, if I'm trying to decipher the mechanics of it, maybe the scene hasn't taken me enough. I don't know, but I know that you know we finish around. He goes back. Sylvester Stallone steps in at exactly the right time, crouches in the right position, says everything he should, gets out of the ring, the fight carries on, and then just as he's about to knock him out, the camera spins around and Rocky's in, like, the middle of that side of the ring, just about to say something. And and the choreography that must have gone into that is extraordinarily impressive. Almost following the two fighters is almost the easy bit. Yeah. I was really impressed by this. I think it's just the slickness that you actually almost forget about the camera. You just kind of like just just get engrossed in the fight itself, and it just feels very natural. The whole thing, well, like technically, it's uh, it's actually impressive. You know, just as impressive as the entirety of Birdman, Uh, (laughs) which I'm sure Dave will agree on. Uh, I'd like you two to do a podcast on that film. Actually, that'd be interesting. 
podcast on that film, but we did talk about it in a podcast. No, we didn't mention it last time. I was very, um, I was extremely negative about it. I really, really don't like Birdman. Not a fan, are you? I think we could waste a lot of time talking about it now, but I do think the whole one take thing, it, it's been done. So a bit pretentious, it's, it, can't it? it's got to have a purpose, otherwise you're just fucking wanking off. <laughs> As it is, I think this is kind of somewhere between the two. I think the director is going, look at me. But having said that, you're effectively in the seventh Rocky film. So if you can bring new tricks to the table and make them work, then do it. Let's have something a little different. A fight has not been staged like that in this series so far. And it's staged very well. Yeah. So he wins his first fight. They're all really happy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we they uh, sit down and celebrate by watching Skyfall and eating ice cream and popcorn. Uh, yeah, they've fallen asleep before we even get to the London Underground. <laughs> Rubbish. They haven't clearly haven't listened to our podcast, have they? Well, they might have. <laughs> they travel back in time and did it. Um, they might agree with me back in the might think, oh, Skyfall, that's a bit overrated. Might, Maybe, yeah. That's a bit overrated. <laughs> might be a bit overrated. Chris has Rubbish. never claimed to fall asleep during it, to be fair. No, no. But I'm a, I'm a dedicated... Diehard Bond fan, so uh, I was going to say, being critical about any of the films, I think we're all a bit horrified at the idea of falling asleep to a Bond film. But anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah, they, yeah, so they fall asleep and then wake up and have a little bit of action. <laughs> um, in front of the turtles as well. Totally fucking unnecessary, but fine. <laughs> um, I feel bad for Cuff and Link at this stage. So he's to be shielded from this, their innocence. <laughs> of 40 years old <laughs> and um, plus being a different species altogether <laughs> yeah yeah it was a sexy scene which is very cool alright um, and then yeah and then at breakfast uh, next day um, they're all pretty pretty happy about it and then Bianca finds out that he's the son of Creed because it's been leaked online it's been leaked to the press it's all yeah been- and you've got the press discussing whether it affects Apollo's legacy and everything like that. I don't know if that would actually be a real conversation. No, they make a sort of thing of because of the legitimacy of it, but I don't really think it it, it would. Well, uh, I mean, it's not unusual for elite sportsmen, particularly fighters, to be promiscuous. So I'm not saying they all do it, I'm not casting any aspersions, but I don't imagine this being. A, a real conversation around fighters. I maybe I just think of somebody in real life that it could maybe relate to, but maybe not on like an actual proper sports program. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's definitely tabloid shit. So I can yeah, I can kind of see it yeah. in some in some way for me. I mean, I, I mean I was, but a lot of the greats were extremely promiscuous. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And his his closest model is Muhammad Ali, and Muhammad Ali was very promiscuous. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think it's more because oh, the oh, he's got a son who's boxing, and is he going to be any good? And there's also like sort of oh no, oh no, no possible ways like too too big a name to the cat's out of the bag now anyway. And uh, Graham McTavish, who's best uh, I know him as um, Ackerman from Red Dwarf Eight. Is the trainer and manager of Condor? Well, he's certainly the manager, anyway. Um, sees this and is now seeing an angle for how they can make Conlon some money before he goes to prison. 
Yeah, which is to kind of like fight the closest um, you can do for the, basically the son of Creed. Basically, the son of the greatest. Yes, I know. Um, is it Tony Callo. Tony Bellew, I think. Bellew, sorry. Um, he he's he's not an actor, but his first few lines really awful. Yeah, I'm gonna say it stand out for me a little bit. I I get the idea that he's a, a fighter and not an actor, but it did. It's like somebody of my quality trying to do it, for example. Um, but no, overall, I think he does, you know, really right in the role. Um, and just like those initial kind of few lines do sound a little bit forced. Yeah, I mean, he's good when he's doing the trash talk and he's like in the ring because I, I think he's basically playing himself in this film. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I it's fine. And, and actually, it's not unusual. There's something in the sort of quality of the Scouse voice that sometimes when you hear Scouse's interviewed they do sound like they're reading it yeah it's just something it's just something in the accent not all of them and not always but it, it it's not necessarily bad acting per se they approach he basically calls rocky at home and says can we meet and they agree and they meet at adrian's about two days later and he says that um he says exactly what's happening what i love is rocky's like yeah he knows you're a sure thing yeah and he doesn't play that. It's it's actually quite insightful in a series where Rocky's often been portrayed as a bit silly or dumb. Mm. But it doesn't seem contradictory to the character. But yeah, Rocky's been about a bit. He's not silly. He knows. Yeah. Um, but he says you're going to have to take the Creed name. It's actually quite a um, subtle performance from Michael B. Jordan because he visibly bristles at it without really grandstanding. He does not like this idea that he's going to have to take this fucking name. Um, yeah, I think I guess the whole idea is him, he's like, it's the big shadow and it's the expectation to, to get to that standard and he'd rather do it without anyone knowing or at least get, or at least achieve to the highest standard and then be like, oh, by the way, I'm Apollo. So, you know, kind of like, just to kind of uh, prove everyone his worth, I guess. But... Yeah, there could be, there can't be any um, allegation of nepotism if literally nobody knew. Yeah. So, yeah, at, yeah, at first, I mean, Rocky's thinking yeah, he's not ready, but um, big opportunity. He's unsure because it is is a big opportunity, but he's like, no, I'm not in this terms. But Bianca convinces him. Uh, Look, it's your name. Um, you, you know, use it. You know, be proud of it. So he goes, all right then. It's very like the fighters fight conversation from the last film with Marie. Yeah, he, so they start it's, training it's, for it. Yeah, he, he gets a bit excited. He goes, "I'm fighting Ricky Gallen," uh, and then which I don't like much. Better. Well, it, it's that's a bit of an odd scene. I think it doesn't. It falls a bit flat for me. Well, it, it, it makes me think. Was there like meant to be a reaction shot of like of Rocky looking, going, like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, because there's, there's, there isn't one. Because it kind of like he, he shouts it, and he kind of like he kind of stays at him, and he kind of his face kind of falls as if to sort of like, oh, that that didn't get much. Is this, no, this, this weird, reaction that we hope? It's just a bit odd. I don't. I don't. I, I, I'd be curious to see if there was like meant to be a reaction shot of Rocky. I don't know, but um, maybe there was. There's also something, but it left on. You know, it got cut out for. It doesn't matter. He's excited about his shot. I don't particularly love it, but it's okay. It doesn't, it's not exactly ruining the film or anything. They start training. It's all very committed. But what I love here is, uh, and Sylvester Stallone has been dropping it in for the last few scenes without us knowing. He started looking tired and breathier. 
and it's actually slowly ramping up and you you, you don't notice it till you go back and you know this stuff yeah rocky's getting sick and it's it's hiding in plain sight we don't see it happen till they work they're sparring and suddenly rocky wants to stop because he's exhausted and next thing you know he vomits and then yeah and then collapses and then collapses and uh yeah so they they go to like the doctors and uh he, he's kept in overnight to be given some yeah. fluids and then they run some tests which he gets the result of the next day he takes it all very well in terms of on the phone and he's got to go in but he's diagnosed with long hodgkin's lymphoma uh, this 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 like, the other scene that sort of gets to me it's uh it's just this pure acceptance of it it's just a yeah okay no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. At, you know, he's even he's told like, oh no, it's you know, we call it in the early stages. You know, we we can. We... I looked this up actually, Chris. Um, I was looking up non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, the survival rate to five years, which tends to be the key, is seventy-one percent, which means not bad in cancer terms. Yeah, it's a survivable cancer particularly if they catch it early. And they tell him in the film they caught it early. So this is survivable, but he misses all of that. Because he just hears cancer, thinks of Adrian, thinks of the state of his life, and goes, yeah, that's fine, I've had enough. Yeah, I think I think it's like what um, was going before, the fact that he may be resenting training Donny or do any of that because he doesn't want to get attached to anything. He's, he's happy. To, he's essentially waiting to die, so he's just like, and he has been for like yeah. years. Yeah. So he's just like I'm. I'm kind of done. So he accepts it. He's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Which is almost heartbreaking. You think of all people, you see the the guy who is never given up fighting for anything has stopped fighting. He's giving up. And it's yeah. yeah it's, it's that's what it is that makes you go. Oh, no, you know that's that that's the one that kind of just sinks your heart a little bit. Um, and there's so many little subtleties in it as well. It's not like he immediately goes, "Oh, all right then." Yeah. There's a moment where he looks like, "Oh God, that was the word I was dreading," but it's not pain or fear. It's kind of a, "I knew this would happen one day." You can read an awful lot into the looks in this. He doesn't tell anybody. Uh, yeah, it's, he goes back to training. It's just a subtlety of the dialogue as well as it's like you know, my wife tried that, and yeah, yeah it's it's fine. Yeah, you know, it's it's almost. The scene is defined by what he doesn't say as much yeah. as what he does. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Do you agree with that, Becky? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think yeah, the performance of it certainly is very much that driven by that. Um, I think that this for me is one of the most like heartfelt sort of scenes. It's I was just knocked for six by it and was like beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very sad, but mm. just just the way it's done, it's very kind of as you said, kind of just what what he doesn't do and what he doesn't say. Yeah, but it's all hints at memories he doesn't want to go into. But we're told enough that if you've never seen a Rocky film before, you know exactly what he's trying to say. She was diagnosed with cancer. They enthusiastically went into all the chemotherapy, radiotherapy, surgery, anything they had to do. And it failed. And he's known other people die since, which makes me wonder, did Paulie die of a short mm. battle with cancer? Yeah. Um, in which case he's like, cancer beats you. I sort of wondered the same, you know. Mm. Actually, I've only just thought about it because I just thought Paulie either died of a heart attack or a fucking damaged liver or something. But uh, yeah, it, probably. It, 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 thinking about it, yeah, it's just another Drink, one. His drinking he's, he's he's gonna name check his wife because that's the one he really cared about. Yeah. But when he says later on, 
when he's talking to Donnie about it normally beats you. Yeah, you've died. Of, you've seen a few people die of cancer. And I do yeah, he's seen, he's seen how it goes. And... Paulie could well be one of them. Um, you don't actually find that out how how it goes, really, do we? It's... But anyway, there may not even be a canon explanation, Becca. It's no. just it's gone. They may not. They may not yeah. even know. No, just for emotional purposes. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he tries. To, he, he takes information and puts it in his pocket, um, and then Donny finds out pretty quickly. He finds it and and confronts him about it, and it's. I think this is kind of thing because I think think for Donny's situation, you have the one, the only living father-esque figure in his life who he he now knows and likes and looks up to, and Rocky's justifying his decision not to get treatment by telling him that he's not family, and just imagine what that will do to do to him is that's almost like just equally as crushing to to him to hear that and he's you know and so it but again a, a worse actor worse writer yeah. worse performance it would have been spat out almost um petulantly yeah oh come on you're not even my fucking family it's not actually ever played like that rocky's trying to explain what he means and kind of chooses the wrong words yeah that's all yeah, I think he's, he's, he would say he's almost pushing to say that as well because, like, I think Donnie even says, oh, I thought you were, like, family to me, you know. And he says he's trying to cut him off to kind of protect him from, from the pain of, you don't want to see me go through this shit. Um, so, and, yeah. yeah, so... This really, this really, really got to me. I have to say, like I say, I first watched it on a rip and I had to pop out for about 20 minutes and I just left the film running. Um, and I came back and I got the gist of the entire film, but I didn't see Rocky get sick or get diagnosed. Oh, wow. <laughs> I knew... So, I knew, I knew oh, it was a great chunk of that. Exactly. I knew, I knew that, like, something was wrong, because he's clearly, like, bald and no eyebrows and all the rest of it in the fight at the end. Mm. But I missed so much of the emotional heart of this film. It, it, on paper, I'd be sceptical if I read Rocky was going to fight cancer, because it just seems like uh, fucking pulling an emotional heartstring. But it's a logical, it's a logical, almost final act. It's well, maybe we get onto that with sequels in a minute. I don't want to see one last fight, but maybe it, not the it, last fight. But it, it's more the fact that he's fought all his life, but then he started losing things. He started mm. losing things with Mickey, and the logical extension of that, in Customato's words, is he gets ill himself. Sure. Um, and then has to, and this film is so much about why we fight. Why does a little ridge kid fight? Why does he want to fight? And why does Rocky fight at this stage? We don't go up the steps to the museum until the very end of the film because it's not Rocky's film. It's deliberately not Rocky's film and not Rocky's story. But they fi- he finds a way to integrate his life with Adonis and finds like a fourth act for his life. And then they can go up the steps because they are together. And I, I think all of these things give the film an enormous depth that rewards repeated viewing. So where do we go from there? He gets sick. He does eventually agree to the chemotherapy. We see an awful lot of Adonis training around the hospital, running up the stairs. Yeah, he says, oh, you can, you, you know, you can still train here. You can shadow box. Well, there's there's bits before that. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Donnie goes to uh, that big gig that Bianca got. And 
Oh, he gets into a fight oh, with his... Yeah, yeah, he punches. He, 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 he his headliner. Yeah. Uh, who, in fairness, was being a bit of a dick. I know it takes... I know, it, you know, Donnie was... Uh, what, not in the best of places, and but... He just found out he was diagnosed, yeah. Yeah, but, you know... It was, yeah, you know, he sort of like he's you know he, he just has to say, "Oh, don't call me that." He said, "Like, what'd you say?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, look. All he had to do was say, "Oh, I meant it." And he says something like, "I meant it with love" or something like that. Yeah, could have been. It could have been left there. Yeah, but um, Donnie is constantly going around with something to prove. And uh, yeah, so that upsets Bianca. She just basically punched the headline. So he ends up in the cell, <laughs> and Rocky goes in to see him. Yeah kind of apologises for his earlier behaviour. I think part of seeing the, the boy so lost probably does help with his decision to take chemotherapy. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I really like the, the how the training plays out because when Rocky starts to get treatment because uh, it's just how casually he's sort of like, he's there, goes up to see him and he just pulls out a stopwatch. It's like, well, you know, he starts sparring here now. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's almost like they just like, well, just putting training aside for now until you get, you know, until we sort things out. And Rocky's like, no, no, you can start training here. No, so he's like, there. We've, we've still got a schedule. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really like that. I really and I really like the idea that uh, notion of Rocky's training Donny for the fight, and in the meantime, Donny's looking after him. Fighting this can fighting this cancer. It's like he's given, he's, they've given each They're other fueling each other. Yes, yes, they've both given each other the reason to fight, which I think is really really nice sentiment. I like that. This yeah. film is. I don't know that it necessarily comes to any answers, but if you said to me, you know, be as poncy as you like, tell me what this film's about. It is why we fight, and. I, I yeah I like all of this I, I like all of this there's no vanity in Stallone's performance no 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 we see him getting very very sick looking very very bad his hair getting very thin yeah this is a brave decision to take the character in this direction and it takes me with it it really does I don't feel emotionally manipulated by any of this at all I think it's a logical place to take a character of the 70 who kind of wants to die anyway Mm. And uh, yeah, and possibly I uh, say before we don't get the traditional Rocky steps at the end of the training montage. He's like running with bikes, and he's there like it's almost like sort of shout. Well, not not shouting, or chanting almost. With, with... The other thing is those, those steps were always about Rocky conquering his goals. Yeah. So he would always that there was something about when he climbed those steps the right way, he was ready. And of course, at this point, he's sick. It, it, I think it's entirely appropriate that they scale it together at the end of the film. Yeah. Because Rocky's winning his battle, and Adonis is winning his battle with his dad's legacy and everything else. And their lives are now properly integrated, that they're part of each other's um, path. Yeah. Uh, so I like all of that. Not only that, forget all that Ponzi shit I've just talked on top of that it's quite also the fact that it gives the book it gives the film a different look and identity it's not just a Rocky film but substitute in this other guy yeah well that's what I mean by it says it, it sort of does the things that you want from a Rocky film but does it differently enough it's still it still has the steps but it just has them at the end and, it, and it, you know it's done in a different way so you're satisfied from that still does the, the training montage thing but has its own take on it you know so it's 
it still gives you the things that you'd want and expect from from a film that has Rocky in it, but it does enough enough new things to make it its own thing for this new character. So then we go in. Then we go to St George's Hall. <laughs> then we go to Liverpool. <laughs> Be uh, with a press conference in the pond with the uh, with the most. I just love the like the first like reporters like the. It's the most scouse reporter ever in the world. <laughs> they are a bit, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I bet he's called Terry. So, uh, <laughs> Rocky, do you know where? where... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I forget what the question is. Like, do you can give him the legacy that uh, <laughs> it's like? Yeah. Uh, it's like, I want to hear you do a really good scouse accent, Chris. Come on. Sorry. Well, he, he I want to hear you do a really good accent. Come on. <laughs> I used to be able to do it pretty well. Just, <laughs> just go. Eh. It's quite funny when I went into a shop one day and pointed out I was a sports store and I wanted like a new rucksack and I pointed at the one I wanted and literally, firstly, the most scouse name in the world is Terry Uh, and secondly, it's the (laughs) noise on everything and honestly, I pointed at it and he needed to shout to the guy at the back of the storeroom to go and get one out of stock and firstly, the guy was called Terry So and then he went and then he asked him to get a Nike Black Backpack Oh God (laughs) Nike black backpack. That was <laughs> Nike black backpack. And if you, if any scousers want to discuss this further with me, I'll be in the Lake District. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we go to the press conference. That sounds very seductive, Dave. <laughs> I'm not, not offering you a dirty weekend. I'm just give, giving you erroneous information as to where I'll be. I don't give a shit about this press conference particularly, but it just reminds us that uh, Adonis is still a bit short-tempered, Rocky's still cool as a cucumber, and Tony Bellew's a bit of a twat in this. Yeah, take it or leave it, really. Don't really care. Yeah, well, you know, he's, you know, it's, it's part nice of the... Nice to see St. George's Hall as someone who lived there for so many years, but yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see that monument, isn't it, I think? <clears throat> it's, it's part it's down to the, his performance, you know, he's like, you know, he's uh, Tony Bellew or... Uh, Ricky Collin is picking on his weaknesses of saying like, look, you know, you just like, you, 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 your, false creed, as, as, as he says in the mm. witty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just basically, says, I'm going to knock him down. It's going to be like sort of just try and belittle him a little bit, and they, they get a little bit of argy bargy. Almost, almost if he's like not learned anything from last time round. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, because he even starts with something about how he's been working on anger management and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Loses his shit within about 90 seconds of that. But, yeah. Yeah, forgets it all. Um, so the fight's going to take part uh, place at Goodison Park, one of two major football stadia in Liverpool. Um, it belongs to Everton. Yeah. Who's cer- certainly in the last sort of 20 to 30 years have been the sort of lesser of the two teams in Liverpool in terms of um, success. But historically, they have won, you know, league titles and European trophies as well. Fun fact, uh, my dad supports Everton, mainly because his godfather used to. It's not that fun. No one listening knows your dad. No, well, I think it's a fun fact. This it's really random bloke, as well. Some, some bloke you never heard of, like Liverpool <laughs> and Everton. Yeah, no. Fun fact, folks. Um, fun fact, I spot yeah. Liverpool. There you go. There you are. So, yeah, that's the <laughs> other ground that we don't see and don't see any supporters of. <laughs> the ground that should not be appearing in this film. Yeah, <laughs> Goodison Park actually def- definitely needs a serious upgrade. It's a it's a bit tired now, but um, when they were making Rocky Balboa, 
Um, he was invited there by Bill Kenwright, um, Sylvester Stallone, the owner of the club, was invited uh, invited him there to watch a game. So I'm not suggesting he's a big fan of the sport by any stretch of the yeah, imagination. I think he's a big supporter, isn't he, though, I think? I, I, that's what I'm saying. I doubt yeah. he is in reality, but he would identify himself as an Everton fan while he yeah, was on the Yeah, I think I read somewhere that he does. Yeah, but it all dates back to that when he yeah. was invited there. So he, he obviously remembered that and remembered Liverpool and wanted to film a bit there and all the rest of it. It's an eight, done as an HBO presentation again. We do get all the build-up and everything else. And then we're into the fight. Yeah, it kind of really moves quickly from like Liverpool and straight into the fight. Um, we get we get a little bit at the hotel and things like that and uh, Bianca comes comes along after having a fight with Donny about um getting about about the whole deal that happened at the gig. It's not really said why she's back, she's just back. Um we we also get like a a a pres a gift from uh Donny's mum or like foster mum adopted mum, should we uh, probably more accurate should we say? Um yeah. and, just it is it is mum, isn't it? Yeah. And I know she's not but she is. And it's, uh, I don't know if it's Creed's original box, uh, box, uh, boxing shorts. No, it's or not. It's, new... it's the same style, and it's got the name, it's got both both names on it. Yeah. It? His mother's name, which was the one he's carried all the way through, which is Johnson, and Creed on the front. And it's just reminding him of his legacy, but also buying into it a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't want him to fight, but it's her way of accepting it and yeah. accepting the path he's taking. Well, 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 we see her watch the fight And also, well. he is a creep, so why wouldn't he dress like a creep? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we also see like her watching the fight as well. Uh, Which, demonstrably, she finds tough. Yeah. But you'd expect her to. So... Um, yeah, so we, we we get into we get into the fight, and uh, I, it's really well. The, I think the fight is really well handled. It's a lot better than what we had last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Last week wasn't bad. But, I actually thought Stallone was the problem, and again, he's very good physically. But I don't know if it was his age or the fact they improvised a lot. But it looked like a professional boxer, a boxer, yeah, against like someone who's never fought. Um, this one doesn't. Now it is against a professional boxer, against a guy who's never fought, but they hide it a lot better. Um, yeah, I mean, in the, in the first round, it's pretty, pretty much as you expect. Uh, Ricky, it's pretty one-sided for a bit. Yeah, pretty, pretty much uh, wins the first round uh, quite easily, and everyone's like, okay, well, this kid isn't isn't too much. And it's only in the second round, towards the end. Where he kind of he he, he lands a, a hook, a right hook, on and cuts and cuts him straight off the bat. Yeah, and he kind of like tell that he's shot by that because he's like, "What? He's cut me! He's cut me! He's cut me!" Like he's like trying to touch his face, like yeah. checking. And it just and, and it just ends on like both of them just literally just blow out, taking blows at each other, which is kind of like uh, sort of like step up the game, sort of say like right, this gives, gives nothing to mess with. So. It, it, from there, and Rocky's giving real sounding advice. Yeah, he sounds like trainers sound in the corner. They do give specifics. They don't just stand there and talk about heart. 
they, they, you know, and you know, suck it up, and this is your whole life here, like we got from Duke in four. They do actually give practical advice. You will have a trainer saying, "Look, no, no, you're drilling down and then firing over the top. You need to push down and then come up underneath." And that is the sort of thing Rocky is saying to him. Um, the fight is staged pretty well. I think the only problem I've got with any of this is it is a bit of a reprise. It, it, it's staged a little differently. But the, the last round or so of the fight reminds me a bit of fights I've seen before. The way they go to a split decision reminds me of what we've seen before, which is kind of why I don't want a sequel, because there's such an obvious retread direction to yeah. take it in. Don't bother. Um, but it's solid. It, it, it's good. It's just the right length. It doesn't go on too long, but we don't skip over it either. Um, we've got that HBO presence we had in the last film that really lords what he's doing here. The other thing I really like is the whole when he can't see, the tap on the back of the neck to tell him how many that's gotta be work. That's got to be like a, such an old trick. I can't believe they fell for that. Yeah, it's got to be real, though. I would think yeah. that's real. But, um, yeah, but that, 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 how bad is that eye? Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, it's completely closed. There's no yeah. way you could see anything. Um, and again, it's quite consistent as you go through the film because... That's the eye that gets damaged a little bit in his first fight that we see. Yeah. And so you think, right, okay, well, that's where he's likely to be damaged because he's obviously more hittable there. Um, and it and it does slowly get damaged up over the fight. They, they have thought about the language of the fights in that you watch the first fight and you can see how and where he's likely to get hit and hurt. And yeah. we see some of it in the blue fight. It's like, well, it was always that eye that was going to close because we saw it damaged first fight. So they even like thought about like how it would work in the fight in the, in the fights I themselves. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that that's pretty good. I have noticed that myself personally, but then I probably won't. I, I only noticed it on a rewatch yeah. when I watched that first fight and thought, hang on a minute, they've just, he's just damaged the eye that will later get closed in that other fight. Yeah, um, and I, I've got to think that's probably deliberate. So he wasn't ready to fight Tony Bullock. Yeah, no. or, or, but, but then again, that's part and parcel of the. That's the whole point. The, 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 re, you know. the retread of the original, really. It's that kind of that kind of element. The whole idea. I mean, with, with, with this, it's like, well, no one's ever knocked me down. So and then so obviously you know, like, well, that's going to be the the win for him. It's the like he's he's not going to win the match, but he's going to be the first person not to knock him down. And and he actually says to him at the end, "You're the future of this division." Yeah. Well, you think, well so what do you think about the the the, la- the last round? Because by the time we got to that that last round, what uh, what I actually got from it from this rewatch was the fact that he actually found like this is in a creed, as in like he actually sort of put on the he actually found like his actual father inside. And he, so for that one final round, he he showed the world. Uh, Apollo Creed again. Started it, moving like him as well. He just like yeah, just started just going full full up blown yeah. So uh, the, I, I was I was happy with it. Yeah. When I look at a lot of Rocky films, the fights are always part of it for me, and I do enjoy them. Particularly when I think back to something like Rocky Two, the fight here doesn't matter to me. When I think about the bits of the film I like, and when I think back on when I if I were to sit and daydream about this film, the fight probably wouldn't be in there. Yeah. I, I don't actually care that much about this fight. I, I do from a narrative perspective of how does it end, what do the characters get from it, etc. But 
yeah, I, I, I've not spent much time here talking about the actual fight because I don't really care. Well, there's not much to say really because it is a end date, it's a fight, but then again, it's the payoff. You still want it, but then the the narrative stops really because narrative is basically well, they have a bo- there's a boxing match. You know, there's only yeah. there's only really, you know, the only really thing you got to say plot wise is well, who who what happened at the end? Like who won? There's not much to say beyond that. Um, I, yeah, but I mean, bear in mind he was decked. I mean, it was the final round, not the penultimate round, but yeah. very similar to Rocky struggling to get up in the first fight. Uh, and then we go to a split decision, which is exactly the same. I guess there's only so many ways you can end this thing that these things that work in terms of you know tension and storytelling and everything else. And I wouldn't say I was disappointed by it, but I was just thinking, well, if you did a sequel, it would be there'd be variations on Rocky too. And, yeah. And so it would go on. Fucking leave it here. I don't want to actually see Rocky's cancer fucking return in the next film. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. It's uh, like, leave it here. Rocky's got some hope. He's earned his name. And we've put a bow on the series. I, I guess. I mean, I generally, I can give or take it. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. If, oh, I'd go and see it, wouldn't we all? I'd, I'd happy if they just left it here. I'd be perfectly fine with that. If they want to do another sequel, I'll be interested to see where they go with it. Um... And I'll be happy to watch it. I, 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 I would. I, I think it's important to say we can presume or oh, where the fuck can they go from here? You know, leave it be. But then again, I'm sure people were thinking that about this film. So, uh, who knows? Who knows? They might come up with something that's actually worthwhile and actually different from what's gone before. But. You're probably right, Dave. <laughs> Given this podcast getting a little bit long, let's do final thoughts, ladies and gents. No, it's just—it's pretty much kind of what I said before, really. Um, I can, I having now seen the rest, I can stand the kind of the the um, emotional beats a bit more. Um, now, in terms of a sequel, I'd probably look to you know focus more on the Creek character, see where he goes, you know, where sort of thing take him. But um, yeah, if it was kind of more the same, I'd be happy to watch that as well. Um, no, I really enjoyed it, um, and I, I, as I would rank this one probably a close second behind the uh, original Rocky film. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you, Becca. I, I think it's. I think one of the things about this film is it's so easily be easily watchable. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's really well made, really well acted. Uh, I, you know, it. It it does all the right things that you you want from a film like this, which is kind of surprising because you think, you know, uh, you know about how long this franchise has gone. Uh, you think okay, they've run out of stuff. Think it'd be all tired, but no, I think it's quite impressive. Like the quality of of the film, this this downline. So yeah, I, I for me, it's close second. That's that's very surprising, given that obviously it's not. Written by Stallone, directed by Stallone. You know, write the write the theme tune. That's a plus at this point, though. But no, no, definitely for sure. I mean, as, not, you know, not, no, no doubt with his talent as a screenwriter, time. but just for no. go, you know, just sharing it's that. Just a new voice. Exactly, he hasn't. Sly hasn't had this much input. Yeah. Um, has not had this much input uh, for a film for a while, and it's still, well, in terms of our, of our rankings anyway, um, among the best in the series, and you know, produced, yeah, Oscar nomination worthy film. Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly think it's Sly's best performance in the series. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not as quite as. I'm not. I, I am in agreement with you both, but I'll water it down a little bit. Chris calls it a close second. It's not that close to me. 
I still wildly prefer the first film. I mean, in terms of it sticking it in the DVD, you know, the Blu-ray player, mm. I prefer two as well. But if, you talk in, but if you talk in an absolute quality perspective, it's clearly, it, it's in the, a similar strata to the first film and it's far better than anything else. So yeah, highest of high praise for it. And I, I like this unreservedly. So yeah, very, very good film, very impressed. Don't want a sequel, but would happily watch a sequel. I just hope it's not a dumpster fire. <laughs> no, Absolutely. I mean neither. <laughs> so that's the Rocky series, folks. Yeah, we'll we'll be ha- we'll be hanging up hanging up our port by hats and and uh, boxing gloves, and then yeah, uh, we've been diagnosed with brain damage, so we're quitting. Yeah, I'm gonna, Aww. and we're gonna sort of dress as a bat and fight crime next. So we are. <laughs> We're going to be a bit paunchy first time out, though. <laughs> it's Adam West, so it's all right. We don't mind. We'll grab, no. we'll grab our shark repellent and... Uh... <laughs> shark repellent, bat spray. Yeah. Oh, dear. Of all, of all like, the Bond gadgets, of, of, you know, of all the ridiculous gadgets that Q can cook up, something like a shark repellent bat spray, I don't know. <laughs> Um, the film, but I'd be interested to go through it because my memory of the film is, I, I feel about Batman sixty six the way, I, I tend to feel that it's really funny for a few minutes, in that I, I bought the box set of the nineteen sixty series and I didn't get that far into it because it was funny, it was entertaining, but not for that long. The joke wears out quite fast. And this is, I think, about a 90-minute film. I may be slightly wrong on that before we get to it. Does it have lots of, like, pow and... Yeah, it's got got all of that, but it's really only funny for a few minutes. But we're going to commentate on it and make some fun of it anyway. But, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed our our Rocky series. We've really, really enjoyed it ourselves, I think. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it as much as we've enjoyed reviewing them. Yeah. As we've got a really long podcast here in the bank, by the time I edit it, we're down to something reasonable. It won't be so bad. But uh, this has been a long recording, and it's our second night out of three and third out of four because we have to do uh, honour the late Sir Roger Moore. Um, there is no quiz this week. So no, we're I, coming I, soon. But that's... And I think you know where to find us on social media. I think we really ought to sign this one off. Becca, so can you confirm to us what we're covering next? So yes, that means, do you expect to talk? We'll return with our commentary of Batman, the movie. 